winding someone up like a cockney on Twitter. <laughs> He's getting upset because Wayne Rooney was pulling some woman. And so he started calling me a nonce. So I started telling him, look, finish your fucking spuds and shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's getting really upset. <laughs> and I just told him that uh, he's got to tell his mum that he's oh we're recording this <laughs> fucking losing it my head is fucking pounding after all that random Japanese music I don't know what's happening um, should we just start the podcast I guess well you were been moaning that you weren't starting yet so I started okay. the podcast alright well we're episode 165 yeah sure why not 166 let me check the number let me just do that that slight check quickly <clears throat> We are Critapocalypse, we review stuff and fucking things, uh, usually, you know, video games and shit like that, but uh, but we do vary sometimes. 165, got it right, first time. Look at me go, fucking professional to the end. And it might be the end because I feel like my brain's going to explode. And how are you fucking doing this week? Uh, normal. Normal, excellent. I am also doing... I got, um, I got my fifth throttle bot. Yeah? What yeah. is a throttle bot, for anyone who doesn't know? It's a transformer that you pull back and it goes forward. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like a, a pull-and-go truck. Yeah, but it's a Transformer. But it's a Transformer. I need one more. One more and I have the entire set. What? One more and I have the entire set. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Actually, I might already, I might already have it in a box off at my dad's, but... I'm going to check who's going first. You keep going. <laughs> but I don't... Um, you know, I can't get on my dad's because someone started a pandemic... Boris. <laughs> I mean, at this point, with all our variants, is it really the same disease anymore? You know? Do you remember the pandemic? Yep. It's over now. Freedom Day was last week. Were you excited? No. <laughs> you should try working retail. Yeah, I know. That's the fucking <laughs> thing that's worrying, is that retail's going to fucking suffer. Well, it's already suffered, isn't it? Has it yeah. suffered? Yeah, I don't well. think. I think maybe it can suffer more. That's what I've. That's my perspective because I'm there, and right now my shop is doing more to fight COVID than all the cafes in town. <laughs> they've all removed all their plexiglass. They've removed the NHS app scan thing. Well, yeah, everybody has. They've they've got like one little squirt of hand sanitizer available. Yeah, everybody's removed all their shit. Like, we it's, haven't. It, have you not? You're the no, only ones that have. No, we kept our plexiglass stuff up. I don't blame you. And it's not even screwed in. We could just take it off at any time. Yeah, I do not blame you. And we're wiping down the surfaces every day. In yeah, the, well, multiple times a day. See, here's the thing that I don't understand, and it, it, like I sincerely don't understand. And all it. of us are still wearing masks. Yeah, like this. This is the thing that I don't. I don't really understand. Is that. You know, f- the reason we didn't have a flu season is because people started following COVID guidelines. Yeah. And the problem is that the idea that we've avoided flu season by doing the simple thing of just not getting in people's space when they don't want us to, you know, not coughing all over the fucking place and washing our hands after the toilet have somehow defeated flu. Mm. So what the fuck have we been doing for the last few years before COVID? Just letting flu. Because flu was everywhere. And yeah, like, I know that flu's contagious. COVID's just the flu, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's according yeah. to the other fucking dumb yeah. thing. I told you that someone went to the Freedom Except we got rid of the flu, basically. It's almost non-existent this past year, and COVID isn't. So maybe it isn't the flu. Oh, is it not? No. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe it's a little bit more contagious than the flu. Oh. Just, you know, a year and a half in, I'm having these ideas. Yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway, other than that, how how goes it? All right, I'm a bit thirsty, but, you know. You had the chance to get a fucking drink. 
Can I get a drink? I can't get a drink now. Why not? Because I refilled the glass of water and put it in the fridge and it's not going to be cold yet. Oh. Well, yeah. then why don't I just have some tepid water? <sighs> what the fuck is wrong with you? All right. So, yeah, we've got some news. Have we? Yeah. Is it news relevant to the show or is it just... Well, yeah, yeah. It's actually relevant to the show this time. Is it? Yeah, because we've got two things that were that have been announced that weren't announced when we last well, that's did nothing the show. to do with the show. Well, yeah, but they're that's game things stuff. and shit like that. That's so not... it's fucking stuff we talk about. So the Switch OLED model has been announced. That was like three weeks ago, wasn't it? I don't know, but we didn't talk about it, so we're fucking talking about it. And how do you feel about the Switch OLED model? Couldn't give a shit. It's a bit disappointing it's not a Switch Pro, isn't it? I'm not surprised it's not a Switch Pro. Yeah. Because all the whole Switch Pro thing was made up by Bloomberg? weirdos. Was it Bloomberg? Not just Bloomberg. It's a whole bunch of people giving their own conjecture and deciding uh, that's definitely the thing that's happening. Yeah. And when it isn't the thing that happens, they throw a wobbly. Yeah, they got really upset. Yeah. And so they're like, well, they should have listened to the rumours and then got it made and then announced it. And I'm like, you realise the Switch OLED would have been in the design phase a year and a half ago. We're going to talk about expectation versus reality later. Um when it comes to when it comes to Switch OLED, um, obviously a little bit a little bit after that. Can you can what are you doing? I'm looking for a toy. Stop it! Come over here. Get on with the fucking podcast. I will in a minute. I'm gonna get a. So because Nintendo didn't really fill the gap where the where the Switch Pro was sort of like the expectation for everyone. Yeah. Um, the Steam Deck was announced. Oh yeah, the same day as the um, Stream Deck. Yeah. <laughs> the new Stream Deck. Yeah, which is Elgato, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the Steam Deck is a handheld that can play all Steam games, and from looking at the spec and stuff, it looks like it might actually be able to do it. Um, it's 16 gig of RAM, and it's got a fucking full-on APU, so it's a combined graphics card and processor. Yeah, something like that. And it's like a pretty hefty one. From all for all intents and purposes, I think it's like uh, one of the 3560Us, which is like the mobile processor they use in laptops and stuff like that. Uh, but it's running uh, Linux. I don't know. It's running Linux, a uh, kernel uh, kind of Linux that's basically just uh, coated in Steam OS. And uh, and yeah, pretty... I don't know what any of that means. Do you not? No, I don't really So care. it's a Linux kernel that plays both Windows applications and... Can you pop it? What? Like a kernel. Oh, right. That was bad. Where'd that... That was that was the wrong word to focus on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know why you just you focus on the wrong stuff. I know I'm losing. I told you I'm losing my mind. Um, okay, but yeah, so that's uh, that's that's basically the announcements that we've had so far. Yeah. There's a revision of the PS5 coming. We knew that was going to happen. Um, apparently, there's a Is slightly there? yeah slightly lighter model that's uh, all digital coming out. So they reckon there's going to be one that's like a reduced size. Um, already got an all digital model no no but like I think it's probably going to be a model where the parts are different so it's easier to manufacture so they can fill the void of because people aren't able to get the console still without spending thousands and thousands to try and get one off of scalpers oh I wouldn't I I just wouldn't buy them off scalpers no nor would I no no I bought mine from game which is just as bad alright other than that not much else is going on the Eternals is still coming out in a few months, and I forgot all about that for a long time. And who's your favourite Eternal? Um, Kevin <laughs> Rowland. <laughs> they weren't the way. Are you thinking about Destiny's Child? No, Eternal. Kelly Rowland, Louise, what's her face, Who? and the other one. Who? 
Eternal. Luis Left Eye Lopez? No. Anyway, that's Transmetal Pterosaur. No one can see him. I know, but he's really nice, isn't he? He's really pretty. Yeah, it looks great. He's yeah. got a heat-sensitive sticker that doesn't work anymore, though it was just lit up. But, you know, things happen. Yeah, lovely. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, there's just Steam Decks, which OLED, um, still nothing really on Breath of the Wild 2 or any of that other shit. Nothing announced, nothing new coming out. Oh, that's a waste of time then talking about news. I mean, the only things that are really, that are really on the horizon, we've got, uh, Venom 2. It's coming out next year now. Boats. Boats? Live on the horizon. Oh. <laughs> still terrible. Um, Mobius is next year as well now. Fucking everything's next year. What is next year? M- Morbius. 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 No. Um, Morbius is next year. Shang-Chi is this year. I'm still kind of looking forward to Shang-Chi. I don't really know what the fuck is going on in the trailer. <laughs> or any of the trailers. It's going to fight some, some guys. Mm. Oh, I, um, I said something wrong a few weeks ago when we spoke about Shang-Chi. I just wanted to correct that quickly. I thought that it was another... Uh, situation where the main character, the guy that got to play him, isn't a martial artist. Oh. Turns out he is an actual martial artist. Oh, He's yeah. actually very good at martial arts. What's that you were wrong about? I was wrong about something, so I'm retracting it. Yeah. Donnie Yen's in it. I'm correcting myself. Is he? Pretty sure he is, isn't he? No, Donnie Yen's not in that. And there's um, the bad guys, that guy who's in loads of stuff when they want an, a business agent. Which the one? guy who's playing the Mandarin. What's that? Can't remember his name. He's in a bunch of stuff. You know him, you know. Whenever they want a business agent, he's the business agent. Not Ken Watanabe. The guy playing Mandarin. Yeah. He's in it. Who? The guy who plays the Mandarin. Is? <laughs> he's in He's in Shang-Chi. Yeah. 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 He's good at kick-punch man stuff. But who is he? Because you keep... It's not Donnie Yen. I know, but Donnie Yen's probably in it. No, he's not. He's bound to be. Come on. No, he's not. Do you know who is in it? Michelle Yeoh, in another role she's playing in the Marvel. Yeah, yeah she's two characters now. Yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah. Briefly. Ah. All right. Is that it? You done? I don't know. Maybe. You, you done interrupting my segment that was carefully crafted about Shang-Chi? Um, sure. Sure. I mean, right. I could go more, but... Yeah. I want to see um, Snake Eyes. You want to see Snake Eyes? Yeah, it's yes. probably terrible. Out yeah. next next week? I, I'm hoping, like, because loads of people, they, people slated G.I. Joe Retaliation. And yeah. we know G.I. Joe Retaliation is a master. Oh, Suicide Squad's out next week. Yeah, on freaking In Friday. The UK? Yeah. I'm not going to be here. Uh, sorry, you were saying G.I. Joe Retaliation. Is a masterpiece. And I'm thinking people are being unfair on Snake Eyes. i got a feeling Snake Wait, Eyes is going to be a masterpiece. What was the first G.I. Joe? Otherwise, the Cobra's terrible. Is it terrible though? Yeah, it's really bad. Which is the one with Joseph and Gordon Levitt in it? That's Rise of Cobra. Where he, where he's like, where he's like, I went back in to go and get the data, and the building blew up, and you didn't save me, so I became a supervillain. There's a bit where the um, the things explode underwater. What things explode underwater? All sorts of stuff. Just stuff. don't they have Iron Man suits in that as well? Uh, sure. Yeah. Is it? Oh no, it's not DJ Claws. It's uh, Marlon Wayans, isn't it? Fingers from, from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> they got, it's Tony Chu, isn't it? Tony Chu Y Lung. I don't know, man. I think You're he's the one playing Mandarin, but they don't call him Mandarin in the trailers. He's credited as um, something else. Okay. He's credited as um, 
Wen Wu. But he's 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 Mandarin. Who else is in this? Loads of people are in it. Loads of people are in Shang Shang Chi. Yeah. Yeah, Aquafina's in it. Yeah, she is. I like Aquafina. You mean Aquafina? Aquafina. Aquafina. Aquafina is a drink. Yeah, that's how she says her name. It's A-W, it's Orc. No, she says Aquafina. I asked David Dryden from from Disturbs, and Why? he went, Ah, Aquafina! Wait, that's did how he die? He's still alive. Oh, no, it was Drowning Pool. Their lead singer jumped off a building, didn't he? No, I think he got fat and died. No, he jumped off a building. Did he? I'm pretty yeah. sure he just got fat. No, he killed himself. Nah. Because Bodies was released soon after and everybody made that joke. No, that he was... Drowning Pool were around for a long time after yeah, Bodies came Pool, out. he killed himself when Bodies was released. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Drowning Pool went on tour for ages. Yeah, I know, but it was with a different singer. Nah. All right, okay. You quickly... You you do some venting and Anyway, it's meant to be your review, isn't it? Is Drowning Pool first? singer death. Here you go. Yeah, when was it? He like, died in 2002. Yeah. Drowning Pool, that song, Let the Body Sit the Floor, came out in, like, 2001. No, it didn't. Yeah. Anyway, what was the review? No, wait, no, no, because you're Who's lying first? about Drowning Pool. I'm first. Yeah, hurry up. Oh, so, wow, there's a bit of back and forth motion on the So, uh... I wasn't expecting that. Here you go. Yeah. Uh... Oh, no, he actually had heart failure. Yeah, failure. I told you, he died of fat. Heart muscle disease. Undiagnosed until his death. Well, I mean, uh, it's <laughs> a bit late to diagnose it. After that, what happened to the lead singer of Drowning Pool? Yeah, David Williams. Rest in, rest in, rest in peace. Um, all right, uh, I'm first, so I'm going to review some stuff. Yeah. What should I review? I don't know, you should have planned this out, really. I, I mean, know. I did, but I don't review stuff you are going to review. Um, okay, fuck it. All right. One, nothing wrong with me. Two, nothing wrong with me. Um, I watched a film called Blood Red Sky, Ant. Something's got to give. What? I watched a film called Blood Red Sky on Netflix. What's it about? Uh, it's about a vampire on a plane. A terrorist attack. No, I see what they did there. Yeah, yeah. Because vampires like blood. Yeah, Blood Red Sky. Um, it's a it's a weird film. It's German-American joint production. It's got Dominic Purcell in it. Oh, Heatwave. Yeah, he's in it. He's funny. He is funny. Um, it's uh, it's not a good film. <laughs> Let's just get that right. Well, it's a like... film with Dominic Dominic Purcell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and set the stage for people so they know what what the story is. Kind of. Um, so a lady gets on a plane with her son. They're going somewhere in Europe to go and get her blood disorder fixed because apparently there is someone in Europe who is able to cle- to to cure her blood disorder. Whilst they're on the plane, um, some terrorists hijack it. A real blood disorder or one made up for the film? No, no, no. It's a real blood disorder no. called vampirism. So... <laughs> there, is actually, there is actually a real... Yeah, there is. It's like, what is it? It's, it's like... Uh, it's the thing where you, you get the urge to drink blood, but you don't actually... No, no, your um, blood cells don't produce the white blood cell thing for it. Yeah. And, um, people have like a allergy to sunlight and they have it. Oh, anyway, this isn't that. She's actually a vampire. Um, so yeah, the plane gets taken over. She gets shot, and then she's like, ah, I'm a vampire. "What was that?" And she seems to, ah, I'm a vampire. 
she seems to have some control over her vampiric urges because she doesn't kill her son. She does bite a few people, oh. but she doesn't kill her son. And it's a bit like zombieism in this. Like you have a few moments, you have a few moments where you don't transform into a vampire and then you do become a vampire and then you start nibbling people. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not very good. And no, oh, what a surprise! Yeah, not very good. Um, there are some interesting parts to it though. Like, uh, there is a part where, um, it's a part where this dude discovers she's a vampire and he's a psychopath. He's the one who shoots her initially. And he, uh, he steals some of her blood when she's sort of being ganged up on by all the, all the terrorists. And, uh, he steals some of her blood in a syringe because he's like, I could probably fucking sell this to someone who wants to, you know, live forever or some shit like that. He doesn't really know that you get to live forever, but he decides it's a good idea. And he locks himself in a car that's for some reason in the in the storage of this plane. It's not a very big plane, so I don't know how they got a car below it, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he locks himself in the car and he injects himself with the it, with the blood when she's like pounding on the glass trying to get in and kill him. And uh, and then she lights the car on fire, but he survives because he's midway through transformation. And he spends the rest of the film just like biting people and being a nasty dude. Oh, there's like. There's a subplot in which the terrorists have decided to pick that specific plane ahead of time, and they've uh, they've sort of prepped it so that there are two individuals. One is a uh, is an Israeli ex army officer who's training to become a pilot, and the other is like a oh, that's a red flag in American cinema. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what they're doing. They're doing American cinema red flags. The other guy is just someone who is Muslim. Mm. Uh, I think he's like a doctor, but he's a doctor whose brother was convicted of terrorist crimes and then released without any any punishment. I think it's it's because it's some of it is dubbed and some of it's in English natively. It's a bit weird to follow, especially when multiple people are talking at the same time because they don't mix the audio. There's like flat levels for everyone, and they just sort of like so. There's a scene where loads of people are talking, and the child is like to the right. And when he talks, it's centre. But when other people are talking, it's like stereo. How can so you, you tell? People... You watch most of this stuff on your laptop. All right. You need to calm down. Technology has moved along to a point where Tom Cruise can turn off motion, turn on motion smoothing from anywhere in the world on anyone's TV he at any time. He wouldn't turn on motion He turns it on all the fucking he time. He hates motion smoothing. No, he loves it. Yeah. There's a propaganda campaign against him. And motion smoothing. So people have reverse footage where he's turning on motion smoothing to make it look like he's turning it off. No, he legit hates motion smoothing. No, I know. I'm doing this to wind wind people up. You're trying to wind up Tom Cruise? Yeah. Because the only person you're going to wind up. Is Tom Cruise. Yeah. And you know he's in the UK right now, yeah. Is he? Yeah, filming Mission Impossible. Yeah, but he's like 59. Yeah, he'll still kick your ass. No, he wouldn't. He'd try to and then he'd break his foot again. He would kick your ass. (laughs) I'll kill him. (laughs) And keep in mind, like, he learned how to pilot a helicopter while filming a film. What's he going to do? Hit me with a helicopter? No, but if that's the dedication he has, <laughs> you think there's a good even, chance he's learned how to assassinate even, you. Even if I win by accident, he's coming back stronger. He's probably going to just... You won't even know it's coming. I won't even know it's coming. No. Would he fight fair, He'll though? Open up a hole in the ceiling and put one of those bits yeah, of string down to your mouth and drip the poison. He in. would fight fair. I'm going to fight day immediately. Hollywood star comes at me. Like, Scientologist. You don't think he's learned how to fight dirty? Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure he's learned how to fight dirty, but it's the dirtiest fighter and the quickest to be dirty that wins. Tom Cruise would kick your ass. I'm, I'm killing him. He's five foot four. I've got him. On height, reach. Are you t- 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 <laughs> He's on Twitter. 
You're not allowed it if you join Scientology. Um, just like you're not allowed a wife He's that's not above in the age of 35. Anymore. Yes, he is. No, um, he left it ages ago. But no, he was, but it's kind he of was been... doing like a... He was doing fucking press for it the other day. No. Yeah, he was doing press for Scientology London. He was like, it's the best place I've ever been. Yeah, he's Scientology London. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Blood Red Sky, it's not great. I mean, it's on Netflix. It's entertaining enough, but it's very frustrating as a film because they don't really... They focus on, like, four or five characters. And then there's an entire plane full of people that you're meant to, like, have any semblance of caring for, and you just don't. Like, there's a scene where they're all getting... Because money plane. No, it's 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 better than money plane. Well, I'd no. say so. Here's here's how you I sure you don't want me to get you a copy that we got it at work. Here's here's how I would rate this as compared to money plane. For a movie that's that's entertaining, money plane is more entertaining because it's fucking crap. But for a movie that's actually on a plane and about planes, this is the better film about planes. Money plane somehow stars Edge. Yeah. Edge, WF champion thus Edge. named Edge because his face looks like the edge of a fucking slab. That's really mean. <laughs> no, but like, it kicks is, off. Isn't that funny that the film called Money Plane is is a less realistic interpretation of a plane than the film called Blood Red Sky about a vampire <laughs> fighting terrorists on a plane? Not everyone can afford to have a plane to shoot on. Sometimes... They can afford Kelsey Grammer and Thomas Jane to. They can afford Kelsey Grammer for an afternoon. And Thomas Jane on Skype. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Blood Red Sky. It's not good. It's, uh, it's, it, it's not like... There's some enjoyment to be had here, but there's not a lot. I really wish there was more fun in this. At one point, someone has a spear that they've made to stab the vampire in the heart. I can't remember where they got the materials to make the spear. But immediately after they had the spear, I was like, where'd they get a spear from? On the trees. <laughs> On a, the trees? Yeah, they they cut a tree down and made a spear. <laughs> in the sky. In the in the plane. In the plane. Yeah. It's one of those passengers tile situations. They've got a big tree and they're like, we fell in love and ate all your food supplies. So now you have nothing when you arrive on this new planet. Have you ever been on a plane? Love Chris Pratt and Jennifer, I want to say Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, the Passengers film. I'll give uh, this uh, David Spade. And your review. Yeah, that's Transmetal. Alright, no, no one can see it. He's got his name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where is it? It says Terrasol. Is that so he doesn't forget his own name? Yeah. Because it's so fucking forgettable. Right. Let's watch my review. I guess I just need to fill for time, don't I, really? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing to do. Um, right. So, WWF Money in the Bank happened a couple of weeks ago. Last week? Last week. Um, and it was the first event they've done with a full capacity audience in attendance. WrestleMania had like a half attendance thing going on. And then after that, they went back to the Thunderdome, which I'm still amazed no one... How is Thunderdome not a copyrightable thing? Like, how is that not owned by Warner Brothers? Like, you'd think that would be, wouldn't you? Mad Max and all that. But no, apparently it's not. Anyone can just call a thing a Thunderdome. You know, fine. Yeah? Anyway. A dome of thunder. So, Money in the Bank. It's good fun. Everyone lost Money in the Bank. Big ladder match. Winner gets a contract that lets them cash in and get a title match whenever they want for the rest of the year. 
Yeah. For a year. Good concept. Nice concept in wrestling. Gives you a chance to have someone on the back burner. And, you know, if things aren't going right, you can chuck them into the main event suddenly. Or, you know, you can build them up for a bit. Stuff like that. I mean, WWE don't do any of that. They just wheel them out whenever they feel like it. Yeah. You know, sort of an emergency situation. Or they'll end up, you know, losing the contract to someone else or some bullshit. Um, when they realise that it's not working out, like last year when Otis won it and then they didn't do anything with Otis. There's a wrestler called Otis? Yeah, he's a big lad. He's a big lad. Big, Just called Otis? Big fat dude. He has like a hot girlfriend, at least he did for the storyline. Anyway, so this year's Money Bank, lots of good matches. Um, the Money Bank ladder matches themselves were really good. The main event, friggin' um, Roman Reigns and friggin' who was he fighting? I remember he was fighting someone really good, Drew McIntyre. Um, uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley they had the good match there was a really good solid, solid match one of the best Bobby Lashley matches he's not my favourite wrestler he's kind of a boring wrestler um, and he kind of relies on having a really good manager doing the talking for him but in recent weeks he's kind of been stepping that up a bit and he seems to have finally learned how to say words which oh, yeah. you know after 15 years of being a professional wrestler it's, it's maybe it's about time you know because he was basically brought in to be another Brock Lesnar years ago um but no, the, it's the ladder matches themselves are really fun. Lots of big, silly, splash, flashy spots. Lots of stuff where you're like, you shouldn't do that. That's dangerous. Don't do that sort of thing, please, wrestlers. Um, <laughs> That's like, just what you want in a wrestling match is, no, not so dangerous. Like, you shouldn't set a ladder up on its side, on the floor, and then suplex someone right across the middle of it. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, you know when Homer Simpson gets knocked over onto the fire hydrant? Yep. It looks like that. And it's this bad for your back. So much more than it yeah. Um Yeah, what other matches were there? Charlotte Flair had a match Who? against Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter. Oh, she's wrestling. Against Rhea Ripley. Who? She's, Charlotte Flair's been wrestling for years. Who? Rhea Ripley. Who's Rhea Ripley? She's lovely. Okay. Yeah. Um, Usually that means you find her attractive. Well, she's like six foot something tall and covered in tattoos and piercings and Oh really? I'm shit, look. So what's her name? Rhea Ripley. But um She's single. No. But um, they had a fantastic women's match, one of the best ones. And Charlotte Flair's good. Charlotte Flair's already following the same formula. Charlotte Flair wins the title at a pay-per-view, loses it on TV, and then wins it back the following tape pay-per-view. She's already lost the title on TV a week later because that's the Charlotte Flair cycle. She looks like the woman... She's only five foot seven. She's taller than that. No, she's five foot seven. She's taller than that. No, she's not. She's five seven. She's very tall. No, she's... How tall are you? Like five foot ten? No, you're not. Taller than you. I'm six foot. No, you're not. I was recently measured as well. <laughs> they had to measure me to make sure that I uh, I wasn't... Uh... Lying about your height. <laughs> I can't remember the fuck I was going to say. But anyway. Before it... surgery, they measured me. Yeah. They did the old... They were like... Because they had to um, wear masks over their faces and couldn't see, so they had to... Make sure they were the right amount of hand spans down to where they needed to insert a camera into you. How would why would they measure me with a an actual measurement device if they were doing hand spans? They measured you in hand spans. No, well I'd noticed that. <laughs> it's going up my leg. Like, oh. no, he was like, right, we got to get this right. What's six foot in hand spans? It's about twelve hand spans, and they're like, okay, right. Oh they're, right, they're, I see. And that's how they figured it out. I see. And that's how you ended up with a camera in your belly bum. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, Money Bank. Fine. It wasn't in my belly button, it was good. in my dick. Yeah. It went in my dick hole. Good old. 
It was good, fun stuff. Yeah. Night. Decent matches, nothing really laid down. The women's ladder match was good, the men's ladder what match was good. What did you think of the scene where they played Russian roulette on Money Plane? I don't watch Money Plane. I'm not a weirdo who plays... Why watch mo- Money Plane? Because it's Money Plane. You're talking about money-based wrestling money matches. Bank. Edge was fighting Roman Reigns. That's who I couldn't remember. Did he come in by plane? No. But um, they had a good match. It's nice, it's nice to see Edge getting some, you know... You know, he's back in wrestling. Did any of the Lawrence Nothing brothers turn said- up? No. Because <laughs> all three of them are in Money Plane. The Usos turned up. Who? The Usos. Who? They're twins. Did you see that over the weekend there was a boxing match um, and one of the boxers turned up in a really shit juggernaut com- costume? Like, there's a lot of jokes about, like, the juggernaut you order from Wish and the juggernaut that arrives. It's his, like, nickname in the ring. <laughs> it was literally like, the helmet doesn't look too bad. Did he have, like, one of those children's muscle suit things on? <laughs> Like the romper suit with the pads. Basically, yeah. 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 There's a um, San Diego Comic Con exclusive figure of Wolverine sitting on it, lying on his bed holding the photo of Yuriko. Oh, really? Out. Yeah, it's like 200 fucking dollars. And it's just a regular Marvel Legends figure with a bed and a Why photo in his hands. Why would anyone want that? Because it's funny. <laughs> but it's only funny if, like, it exists in a real thing. If from once a cartoon. You, once you make a figure of it, though, it's like it goes from obscurity to mainstream. And then at the same time. There's Sandro Comic Con, so it's, you can only get it at the Comic Con. <laughs> so we loot boxes by the end of the year! <laughs> can you not. That was so loud. Mess up my audio. Sorry. Alright. Anyway, Money in the Bank happened, it was fine. There were some decent matches, nothing really special. Just good matches, good to have the audience back. Fun watching the audience not react the way WWE expect them to react because for the last year they've been pumping audience sounds in through the microphones that they want the reactions to be. And then, you know, the matches happen, the audience start booing the people that they've been pumping cheers through the speakers for the last year. I uh, I have a very dense friend on Facebook. You are very dense. Posted a picture of the crowd from one of the... Um, from the Euro final games. And... Uh, and their caption was, I may not be very good with computers, but I can tell this is photoshopped. And he's got a picture. He shared a picture of, you know, they had the digital crowd. Yeah. Their people's faces. He was, he was like, this has been photoshopped. And the first comment was, was you realise that's the digital crowd. They've been doing that for every match. And he goes, Soz deleting. Didn't delete. <laughs> He doesn't know. So he, he doesn't know. How to delete. Delete, no. It was. Uh, it was one of those moments where I was just very happy. You got to stop being friends with. And some of the fucking people on Facebook are atrocious. One of them went to the Freedom Rally. Yeah, I know. That's it's people you shouldn't be friends with. I know. Tell me about it. Someone I dated when I was in school as well, which makes me feel infinitely worse. Mm-hmm. But you know, we all make mistakes when we're fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I guess it's my my review next. Yeah. Get some yeah that's to, that's searchlight. Gonna have to remove that transformer searchlight. Gonna have to review a thing. Um because he's got he's got the lights. He's a rally car. Cool. Cool man. He turns into a um a rally car. Yeah, I can fucking see that. It looks like a Lancia. I would say a Lancia, yeah, let's say a Lancia. Yeah. Yeah. Lancia Delta. I could probably find out to be honest. Well that's let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's focus on the podcast now. Get the important stuff. All right, I'm going to review He-Man. No, you're not. 
<laughs> no, you're not, because you don't know He-Man. I do know He-Man. No, you don't. No, I'm going to review He-Man. <laughs> All right. All right, Anne's going to review He-Man. I'm going to review Escape Room 2 Tournament of Champions, a game I was both very excited to see in an unironic way, but also ironically trying to pitch it to everyone I know as a film to go see. A game. So uh, Escape Room 2 Tournament of Champions is a sequel to 2019's Escape Room, a movie in which a group of strangers find themselves... Ah, he turns into a Ford RS2000. ...find themselves trapped in an escape room by the Manos Company. Manos? The Hands of Fate. There we go. He's still with us. Mm. Um, so, uh, I think it's actually Milos, but I don't fucking care. Um, so, so they survive the game. They find out that they're all sole survivors from accidents that, uh, that, that basically killed everyone else in their groups. And they've been brought together in this <laughs> escape room to find out who's the, who's the real, the, the real survivor of survivors. Um, and uh there's only been one film before this yeah 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 uh and then this could have been they could have done a whole bunch of films and then built up to this one. Oh yeah like an mcu of escape rooms yeah 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 so go. this escape room a group of people come together um again it's a very similar setup although this time they aren't lured there by a puzzle box oh no 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 they are on a subway train that suddenly becomes an escape room and they're forced to work together with other survivors of... of I'm going to say Milos because it's more fun to say. Milos's games. Milos isn't a person, it's a company. Uh, and so they, they have to work together with these people and in my first review... Well, in my review for Escape Room, I was quite clear that I think that it's magic. It's always magic. It's uh, like some of the puzzles have like these chasms that are so deep you can't see the bottom. And then the next room will have a frozen lake full of water. Like, it's all just magic. It's Ooh, all just magic stuff. I thought it was technology. No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> holograms. No, it's meant to be, but it's magic. For all intents and purposes, they're fighting wizards in this series. That's oh, sweet. So in the sequel, they're on the hunt for Milos because they want to take down this organisation. That's how they end up back in an escape room because they go to an abandoned building. They're like, ha, gotcha, fucking escape room again. So the 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 group are pretty, pretty forgettable in this one. Um... One of them's an influencer, I remember that. And then another one is someone who was in a game where it was only people that couldn't feel pain. Oh. So there's a group of individuals that all have that, uh, that, that thing where they can't feel pain. And, uh, and, um, they all work together. Some friendships are made. Some friendships are lost. Obviously, some people do die. Um, and they, they essentially end up, uh, end up getting out of these series of escape rooms. Um, but this film's already leaving cinemas. So I'm just going to fucking spoil the shit out of it. It's, it's already leaving cinemas. cinemas. It is. It is. It's already finished its run in UK cinemas. It's been out for two weeks. Finished its run. It's, it's still now, on Nova Cinemas list this week. Yeah, relegated to 8.30 showings. Maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on its way out, bud. Um, so well, I'm going to escape room two after how successful the first one. The first one was quite successful. I never heard of it. Shut up. You've never heard of the film Escape Room. Of which all escape rooms are based. When are we going to get the crossover? <laughs> Saw Cube. It is essentially a Saw film at this point. In this one, there is a puppet as well. God's sake! But it's like, God's uh, sake. yeah, there's a voice at the end that's even like it sounds like Tobin Bell, and the voice changes things like, "Well, and it's ah, fuck it." 
Um, so anyway, so uh, in the last one, the rooms were were pretty interesting. Um, there was only one that was really quite boring, and that was like a hospital the setting. Tried to bore the people to death. Yeah. Um, in this one, there's like a few more interesting set pieces. Like the the um, subway train I spoke about is basically it, there's an electric current running through the train, and the longer they take, the more parts of the train the electric current's running through. So it starts on just the guardrails, and then it goes to the chairs, and it basically. It's just sparking all over the fucking joint, like uh, like a terminator. Is that how electricity works? No, or? like a terminator, it's just sparking all over the yeah. fucking joint. Electricity um, doesn't. No, I know, I know, I know. You can't slow it down. No, I know, I know. That's I know. one of the keys. I know, I know, I know, I know. And magic. I've already told you yeah, okay. this is magic. Okay. So get out of that one. The next one is uh, is um, like a bank. So it's like a big bank, and there's a bunch of lasers, and they have a time limit. <laughs> If they don't do it in the time limit, then the entire laser grid goes up. But if they are just trying to solve the puzzle, if they put their feet on like the wrong place, then some of the lasers will go up. Yeah. Right? They've got to work out how to get out of there. So that's that's interesting. What sort of lasers? Like cutting through people lasers. Uh, no like, lasers can really do that. No, I know. I they know. burn. Like, again. You'll move out of the way. And magic. Okay, yeah. It's magic. Then the the next room is a seaside. Just saying, all films need to be a hundred percent realistic. <laughs> the next one's a seaside, like um, a picturesque holiday location. It's like a beach. Well, that sounds nice. And uh, they take a picture, and then sinking sands all over the fucking joint. Oh. And they basically have to uh, have to find a way out. And they, it turns out that's where there's two ways out. There's a lighthouse, and there's a way out that. Seems to be the way they're meant to go. And they think, oh, if we go out of the lighthouse, maybe we can stop the game and win. It doesn't work. They just end up back in the same place. It's the other people. We lose a few people at the sea, the beach one, they sink below the sand. Oh. And there's a very special special hint dropped there where someone says, if you don't see it, then it didn't happen. Because one oh. character falls through the sand and they may or may not make a comeback later on in the film. Spoilers, they do. Oh, is this like a meta reference to how in TV a death doesn't count unless you Maybe. see the death I don't happen. fucking know. Right, next part. Yeah. So next like thing- when Kenny dies in the Walking Dead game, you don't see it on camera, but then he comes back later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved Kenny in the Walking Dead. Yeah. And then he came back and he was a dick. No, Kenny's all right. He lost an eye as well. Well, yeah, zombies. Yeah, probably. Um... And then uh, the next room is a street. Got one of those peckish zombies. Street in New York. It just wanted a nibble. Yeah. It's a street in New York. Um, oh, do they think they've escaped when they get there? Yeah. Oh. And it turns out screens. Oh. And they're like, oh. and basically the 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 you know like the countdown they've got like on in fourteen oh eight. Yeah. You yeah. know the countdown they've got on like the on the on the uh, crossings. Yes, yeah, so I got a countdown time yeah. across the road. It's like thirty seconds. 20. They've got that, and it basically has a minute and a half. Oh. And they're like, "What happens when that counts down?" Some woman turns up. She's like, "I went through the way we're meant to go. You went through the lighthouse. We all ended up in the same place." There's acid rain. When that goes zero, there's acid rain. It just pours acid down on people, oh. and so they have to work out a way to get out of there. They do. They do. Don't worry. Don't worry. Aunt. Still, you're being hot. And I'm very good at telling the story. <laughs> Why are you spoiling the entire film for people? Because people uh, I, I just don't care. Really looking forward to seeing Escape no, Room 2. No, they aren't. Escape Harder. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then... and then Escape with a Vengeance. Oh, I like that one. Escape Room 3 Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when are we going to get justice for Han? <laughs> so I'm going to reveal something now. Um... I stepped out to go for a piss and I came back and two people had died. Oh, so you missed... <laughs> I missed two deaths in Escape Room 2. Uh, 
Which is why I'm so annoyed that it's not in cinemas anymore because I can't fucking find out what happened. So, um, so two people just suddenly died, but it's okay because our main characters are all there. And lo and behold, Deborah Ann Wall has returned. Oh, she's in it. Yeah, she was in the first one. And so in the first film, she falls to her demise, or so we think, by dropping down into a chasm that's like completely pitch black. But you hear something hit the bottom. See, what you're saying is no one ever really dies. If you don't see it, they're not dead. Oh. You do see quite a few deaths in the first one that are definitive. Like, there is one person who is... who They, they get to a room where they have to lower someone's heart rate, and they think that it's you're meant to heighten it, and then the guy is zapping this guy with a pair of pedals trying to increase his heart rate, and then he kills him, and he's like, oh, maybe we've got to slow it down. And he's like, oh, whoops, and he just takes a little sticky thing. He's like, well, that did slow it down. Well, it slows it down to zero. You've got to slow it yeah. down to, like, 60. Oh. It's like speed. You become the bus. Chill. Yeah. Well, he does that after thinking about it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it gets out. Um, but anyway, sorry. So, yeah. And then it turns out that she's still alive and she's been designing these traps around her daughter and her last days together because her daughter died. Oh. Um, there's some, so they there's some new went scenes. to New York. There's some new scenes from Escape Room 1 oh. that you see that are them talking during a time when they wouldn't be talking because they were in a frigid environment where they're both... Dying of hyperthermia. No way to talk about a woman's sex drive. All right, calm down. Um, and uh, and for some reason they're fucking talking. Yeah. They're fucking jan away. So uh, so yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, and then they're like, we're gonna fight Milos because they've got evidence now. And the police turn up and they're like, you know what? I'm ready to take that plane home. So they get on a plane to go home. Oh, is the plane a trap? The plane's an escape room! Oh, wow. Which means we're going to get escape room free. Oh, that's really... Um, Escapes on a plane. That's really surprising. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the first one, they do hint at a plane-based yeah, escape gonna, room. I'm going to say, this sounds like a film for idiots. Look, right. It's fun. This sounds like a film that even idiots would be like, nah. I've told you magic. Nah. I think that we should at one one at some point we'll do a commentary for Escape Room. I'll make you watch them and you can you can just rip them to pieces because you really like Escape Room One. I feel like you you'd like this film. It's magic. Do you believe in magic? Ooh, you best start believing in magic because you're in one. So uh, I'm going to give Escape Room Two a Tom Atkins perfect score because of the. Best- <laughs> Look, there's no way this is as good as Serenity. No, so. <laughs> it's better than Serenity. You still haven't seen Because I didn't fall asleep in the first 15 minutes of Serenity and then wake up the next day having had a great night's sleep. You still haven't seen Serenity. I've seen 15 minutes of it. You haven't watched Serenity. <laughs> it's like transcendence to me. For some reason, it just puts me to sleep. Yeah, that's a bad film. So, yeah, so Serenity. Serenity's a fantastic <laughs> film. It's a masterpiece. So, uh, I, like, right, I've got a soft spot for Escape Room and I like the fact that they continue to go, fuck it. Logic doesn't matter. Science doesn't matter. I'm doing what I want. <laughs> I'm trapping them in an electrified train. It's great. It's unashamedly stupid and fun. And I fucking love it. I don't know why, but it's a bad movie. It is a very bad movie. If you, if there was a bad movie night, if you were to do a bad movie night, this would be the kind of film where you can drink every time someone does something so fucking stupid. And you'd be drunk by the Drink end of every film. time there's an escape room. Don't stop drinking until they get out the escape room. There should be one when they get into Dennis's apartment <laughs> and the door locks. Yeah. And he goes, is there cameras on in here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a few. Yeah. Um, 
Mostly butt stuff. Um, you know, the angle where you just see testicles and arsehole, and I'm not yeah. into that. Um, so, uh, yeah, Escape Room 2, it's, it's not good. It's really not good. But, uh, you know what? I really like it, and I can't tell you why. I just, I don't know. It's inexplicable to me why I enjoy these films. So I'm going to give it the, the polarizing, the most polarizing person I know. And that is... You said Tom Atkins. I'm going to give it a Drew Barrymore. Because I can't tell if she's attractive or not. What? <laughs> sometimes I think Drew Barrymore's attractive, and then sometimes I'm like, she's not attractive. Yeah, Drew Barrymore's attractive. What's wrong with Do you? Do you reckon Drew Barrymore's attractive? Yeah. What's wrong with Drew Barrymore? There's nothing wrong with Drew Barrymore. It's just in my head, I constantly die... Uh, I constantly go between she's attractive, she's not attractive. I can't, like... Firm, I can't put myself firmly in one category sure this is another. how you want to... How I want to rate Escape Room 2. Well, how you want to just, you know, you know, get cancelled, is this? Why? Are you sure? You rate, you rate Drew Barrymore's looks. Go, go for it. What's wrong with saying that I find someone both attractive and unattractive at the same time? Sounds like a backhanded compliment to me. Was it a backhanded compliment? What's wrong? Seems a bit backhanded. Well, no, but explain to me how that's backhanded. No, but no, but just explain what you're saying. Drew Barrymore's a lovely person. I'm sure she is. Been through a lot. I'm sure she is. At she no was point, married to Tom Green. I didn't at any point say she was not a lovely person. Nor did I say she wasn't talented. I simply said that she is a polarising person to me in terms of looks. Oh, Wolfhamstow's flooded. What? Wolfhamstow's flooded. Again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I give it a Drew Barrymore. And your review? I said Ben Affleck's trending. Yeah, because he's got a topless picture from the 90s. Oh. Back in No, I think 90s. it's because he's going. he's back with uh, Jennifer Lopez. Which, I mean, fair game. Why's my screen gone off? My TV went off. Right. Masters of the Universe Revelation. So all the weird nerds don't like this show because... Lord fucking knows. Um, similar thing with She-Ra. They don't like it when a woman's a character. And when it's not right for them. And they don't, right, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be... Fucking He-Man, right, was the dumbest cartoon ever. Shut it. So anyway, He-Man Revelations... Big five-part story, this first part. is two-part series, because that's how Netflix do things. They chuck shows up before they're actually done and then call it part one and part two. Um, and, you know, you've got different cast members to the original show because half the cast are dead. The show's 40 years old. Why are you caring so much about how He-Man is represented? It's a 40-year-old show. You watched it when you were six. So I watched He-Man when I was six. Loved the show. And She-Ra, loved the show. And I love the new She-Ra. I like the 2000s He-Man. I like this new He-Man. There has been a bevy of really good Masters of the Universe-based cartoons over the years. They've all been really good. And if you have problems with that, you're probably watching the quartering too much on YouTube or something. Oh yeah, you definitely are. Yeah, you're that sort. Anyway, so in this one, um, stuff happens. He-Man, <gasps> shock horror, I'm going to spoil the end of episode one. He-Man appears to die. Well, he does die. Yeah, he dies. Just don't spoil the show. Because he goes to heaven. Don't spoil the show. Alright, sorry. And the show follows Tila as she's gone on to a new life. She feels betrayed, which she should do, because it was always pretty messed up that she wasn't in on the secret. Even when I was a kid, I was like, Tila should know. I was old enough to realise that it was kind of shitty that no one told Tila. Justice for Tila. And it, her name's Tila, not Telia, oh, yeah, as sorry. I've seen on YouTube already. <laughs> that incel, dude. Some incel, friggin' moaning about Telia. Tila. 
is Tila. I think there's two E's as well. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's a fun adventure show. They haven't like, they haven't done the thing which I was expecting them to do, which was make it all edgy and dark and grim and stuff. You know that Castlevania cartoon tries too hard. No, Castlevania cartoon's fine. Don't you fucking suck. It's really good. It's not good. Yes, it is. It's terrible. No, it's not. It's really good. good. Don't fucking start. Look, I was on your side right until you started picking on something I fucking liked. Shut Mm. up. You were the quartering. This is it's, it's fine. They've made it basically slightly aged up Saturday morning cartoon level. I wouldn't even say it's aged up. They it is swear once they say bollocks. No, there's a couple. No, there's a bollocks. couple. Bo- yeah, there's a couple. Ass, bastard. Oh, do they? Yeah, no, I didn't even notice. You weren't paying attention because you watch everything on your laptop. No, no. Okay. All right, look. Will you stop it with this? Carry on with the review. Anyway. Um, Orko's voiced by um, Griffin Newman. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah Orko dies. Yeah, don't spoil fucking <laughs> He-Man. I'm going to have to put spoiler tags on the thing. <laughs> Sorry. No one ever really dies. Well, I mean, yeah, clearly because they go to heaven and bring back Prince Adam. <laughs> Stop spoiling He-Man. You've not been paying attention to it. You don't know what's happening. Do I do. Anyway, the show is full of nice little touches loads of really good details for the old original cartoon like all the vehicles that appear in it are straight out the original toy line Um, although they don't have the old monster walker thing with the leg that spins around and uh, you know the one you know the one where the there's the head (laughs) it's a drag that says there's this toy yeah it had a big foot one end with a track in the middle and a big foot the other okay and a head moves along the foot and it's got this wheel inside it that turns it moves it along the grip of the foot. Okay, yeah, yeah. And when it gets to the one end where the foot is, the whole leg thing spins around the other side, then it goes back along it and it moves around like that. That sounds like an ineffective it's way of travelling. Amazing. That should have been in the should have been in this cartoon. There's no way Kevin Smith doesn't put it in the second half. Well, I mean there is, if he just It's gonna doesn't. be in there. It's gonna be in there. <laughs> he just doesn't put it in there. I'm not gonna accept that he's not because gonna put it in there. Because he was there. he was it's... too old for He Man when He Man was out. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was what was he? He was like sixties. What? Yeah, he's like born like 69, 67. He's nine, 11 years older than me. No, 1971. So he's, he's older than that. He's 50 this year. Is he 50? He was 50 recently. I thought he was 55. No. So he would have been, when He-Man started in 1981, he would have been 10. Okay, yeah. 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 Checks so, out, yeah. that checks out. Yeah. Anyway, they're going to put that vehicle in there somewhere. They have to in the second half. I can't believe they're going to get through this without putting the friggin' Monster Walker thing, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, Monster Attract, I think it was or something. <laughs> Um, or the, a tractor or something I can't remember it was a really cool toy it made a lot of noise like all good toys did it went, yeah. like that noise that oh, sort right. of thing okay, yeah because yeah, it's all motors I want that in it um, but no it's it's just a really solid take on He-Man they've just bumped it up a little bit it feels to me more like a sequel series to the 2000 early 2000s cartoon um, the one that ended with a big cliffhanger that was building up to having a cliffhanger of Hordak turning up. And then they got cancelled, so they just destroyed the castle. Hordak was going to come out. Who's Hordak? The villain in She-Ra. Okay. The the 2000s He-Man cartoon was building up to a series oh, three. the 2000s. Yeah, it was building up to a series three where She-Ra and Hordak were going to be in it. Yeah. And they got cancelled. So the last couple of episodes just basically destroy everything. That's fair enough. And end it. But um, it feels more like a follow-up to that if that ending didn't That's happen. That's how most of my games ended when I got bored. Just smashed everything. Just Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. Um, Monopoly. Flip the thing. But yeah, there's loads of little just neat details in there. There's one character design in there which is like the most obscure friggin' He-Man reference possible. And I've not seen anyone even pick up on it yet. I've not seen anyone mention it online Man or notice arms. it. No, Man at Arms is the main <laughs> one of the main characters. 
He's one of the few that makes it into the film. Beastman. No. Orca. No. Teela. Wonderbread He-Man is in it. Who? Wonderbread He-Man. Who's Wonderbread He-Man? There was a a limited special edition He-Man figure you could order if you collected coupons from Wonderbread, which was a type of bread available in America. I assume by the time. And you could send it off with a couple of quid and you got this special He-Man figure called Wonderbread He-Man. He had different armour, he had brown hair. Oh, he's one of the dead ones? Yeah. Ah. Wonderbread He-Man makes his TV debut in this series. Do you think he passed his expiry date? That's why he's in heaven. Yeah, yeah, he passed his expiry date. But, um, <laughs> Great joke. Some of the other designs are based on stuff from some of the comics as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, the hero thing actually came from the original cartoon as well. Um, Wait, so I have a question for you. I'm going to predict this. Um, there are going to be a lot of people that for no reason are really angry that Greyskull is black. What? Is Greyskull black in this? What? The the black dude, Greyskull. Oh, he's called Greyskull. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the previous He-Mans. Yeah, the black dude. Yeah, he's just one of the previous He-Mans. Yeah. One of them was a woman. There's going to be there's right. going to be a load of people upset about that. No, because no, yeah. there's like 15 He-Mans there. Yeah, I know, but there'll be loads of people who be like, be like, my He-Man's not black, I'm just black He-Man. He's not your He-Man, he's a past one. I know, but there'll be loads of people who died. I you still quarter- get your Aryan friggin' quartering- I- Ubermensch. The quartering is going to do a video on... He's still complaining about Captain Marvel. Is he? And Brie Larson. Yeah, literally like a week ago. Like friggin' man-child. That's what happens when you don't have he sex. He lives off his wife's friggin' money. He has a wife? His wife's a lawyer or some shit. He lives off her money, basically. No. Yeah. A smart person's dating that. She might not be smart. She might be just one. She might be a soul, you know. Well, right. no, soul's still smart. Yeah, but... He's not a monster. M- He's just a dick. Yeah, oh. but most lawyers are that sort. Oh, you reckon she's just, like a criminal defence lawyer? She's one of those, yeah, just not real yeah. lawyer. She's probably. like, she's only like doing... Or work. she's sick of his shit. She just doesn't care. Keeps him out of the house, keeps him busy. Yeah, she's fucking like six, like... That dude from He-Man, Grayskull. Mm. <laughs> like that's why he's that's why every time he's like, "You can't believe ladies are being mean to men," <laughs> and he's getting cucked for real. <laughs> he's got his little melted dick chambers, and he's like, "No." The quartering's a cunt, and his mm. viewers are a cunt. Yeah. Well, anyway, He-Man Revelations—it's good, solid stuff. It's—I say—it's like Saturday morning cartoon aged up to like twelve, thirteen-year-old sort of thing. Like if, um, you remember when CNX was around, the Cartoon yeah. Network X, like if He-Man was made for like the evening showings there. Like, you know, a little bit of blood, just a tiny bit of blood, you know, a little bit more violence than usual, but, you know, it's still very much in the Saturday morning cartoon format. Like, even though it's one story being told over multiple parts, each episode is a solid, like, self-contained episode. Each episode has its own premise and its own target and goal to complete. Yeah, and you know, and it's full of just nice little lore stuff. I'm, I, I, I really like seeing um, friggin' Cyclopsis being a crazy cult leader. Did you notice who voiced the uh, the fish dude, Gilman? Merman. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Kevin Conroy. Oh, was it? Yeah, from Batman. Yeah, he's got the wrong voice because you should have a um, wobbly underwater. Sound yeah, voice. he has. He just has Batman's voice. Yeah. And also, did you notice who um, who voices uh, what's the name? The Cringer. Cringer. Yeah. Who was it? Stephen Root. Stephen Root. <laughs> yeah. I noticed immediately, I was like, oh, is that Stephen Root? Did he set the place on fire? Yeah. Um, no, um, Alan Oppenheimer got to do a voice as well, which is nice. Who was he? He was uh, Mossman. 
Oh. Yeah, he was the original Skeletor. Lena He can still do Skeletor's voice, pretty much. Lena but. Headey's really good as uh, Evelyn. Yeah. Um, Mark Hamill was the weakest for me. I was surprised by that. When he... He's not doing a Skeletor voice. He's doing a Mark Hamill He's, he's doing voice. the Joker. That's different. Like, because, you know, when he comes in, he tells a joke and everything. He was like... he was like Skeletor tells a lot of jokes. Skeletor's oh, got he? jokes. Oh, okay. I don't realise. You kids today, you don't even friggin' watch your He-Man. He ma- Skeletor's main thing is telling jokes and, you know, making a mockery of people. He says stuff like, I am not nice. So, I don't watch a lot of He-Man if you can't you tell. You bumbling fool! And I watched all five episodes of this today uh, because I'm a lonely person now. And uh, and I'll tell you what, as someone who doesn't know a lot about He-Man beyond Master of the Universe, the movie, and a few off-handed episodes... Yeah, the movie's the, nothing like the yeah, yeah. cartoon. And a few random episodes of the cartoon here and there when I was a kid. Um, I didn't really know much about He-Man. Uh, watching this, what a fucking great time this was. Just... It's good sort it's, of stuff. It's a good yeah. show about buff men and buff ladies. It's not just that. Having an the, adventure. Everything... Should have been more Beastman, though. He should have talked more. Everything that you sort of you need to know is just there and it's delivered in a way that's clear and you can follow it even if you don't know What's the What's important, really important, is episode four has the best character that I don't think ever appeared in the original cartoon. Who's that? Scareglow. Who? Scareglow. Oh, is he the fear-based monster who eats people's fear? In canon, Scareglow is basically... Like Skeletor's shadow, he's okay. like an alternate version of Skeletor that exists for some reason. Yeah, and his toy glowed glow in the dark, and it just kind of looked like another version of Skeletor, same body type and everything, just with glow in the dark skelly bones on him. Yeah, um, but I really love that there's a whole episode devoted to Scareglow. He was he was a really interesting villain. I like like I like I said, I I don't know a lot about Master of the Universe. I watched the series. I think that Tila being completely disenfranchised by the royal family and magic and all the other shit just being lost and being just being the most capable person ready for that shit to go down is great. Yeah. Um, I really like her relationship with the, her friend who's like, who's just basically like her, her, um, her number two. And you really get yeah, like, she's new for the show, just a audience surrogate character. Yeah. And she's really cool. She's again, she's really competent. She's really capable. She's not as capable as Teela. I like that aspect of her. Like Teela is obviously she was with Eman and everyone else in the big battles. Like she's got training that her friend could never have, but she's learning. Um, I like the idea of they're like sort of um, they're hunting relics and shit for people. They're being like a bit Indiana Jones with their lives following magic being completely destroyed, but they're taking advantage of the people that are still trying to hold on to magic. Um, Orca's introduction and eventual, like, death was... Spoilers! Fucking, we've already said it. I've already said it once during this episode. Um was sense. fucking heartbreaking. Orca's great. And, yeah, incredible. Like, I, I was waiting for Evil Lynn to tell him the one thing that's been freaking obvious from the start of He-Man. Orco, when you cast a spell, say the opposite of what you mean. It'll work. Because basically that's what happens with his oh, spells. Oh, yeah, because like the bubble and stuff we see in the beginning where yeah, it always the, the opposite around Cringer and, and Adam comes along and just pokes the I top. have the power. Yeah. Adam's voice was a bit too low. That kind of bothered me. Yeah. His voice was a little too He-Man. But then again, in the original cartoon, there was no difference between the voices. But in the 2000s and also cartoon, the body there was. Size, there was no difference in the body size. Well, he's way it? smaller as friggin' Adam. I thought in the original... Oh, in the original cartoon, no, because all the toys were the exact same mold, yeah, yeah. so all the characters built... Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Bisto's in the first episode... Fisto, he fists way too hard sometimes. I um, there's he another second, sometimes it's too much for him. 
in the second episode, there is uh, they they again they're on their little treasure hunting thing, and they go to the techno techno chapel. Well, it's Snake Mountain, but the Snake Mountain but has, been turned, has like, turned into technology. Yeah, into like a to a weird tech cult. And uh, he makes someone drink a potion, and their eye fucking oozes out of their face and dribbles around the place like they're yeah. a fucking snail person. Um, I can't remember what happened to them. That's what I say. It's kind of similar. It turned into a buzzsaw. It turned into a buzzsaw, and then the next shot, he had thingy wrapped around, but his arm was like sort of cut off down here. Yeah, d- I didn't cut it off. Like... Oh, did she? There you yeah. go. Yeah. And then um, she uses it on um, Claude. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Was it Claude? Was his name Claude Jaw? I can't remember. He's got the big metal jaw. Yeah, yeah. But um, he uses it on his face. Yeah. And then the next episode, he's got a scar. Everyone yeah. gets a redesign. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets everybody gets one. Yeah, everyone gets a redesign except for Metallo, although he had a cape for a little... Not I, Metallo, so... Um, I really liked this, though. Yeah. Um, I really liked how smooth the animation was. I like the fact that... You can watch the original cartoon on YouTube if you want to... It's not as good. Like, I think <laughs> that's, that's what Kevin Smith said before he made this. He was like, I want this to look like people remember He-Man looking, rather than it being a copy of that original animation. I want it to be how people remember the animation looking, and it being fluid and smoother and... The action being a little bit clearer because I know that they reused a load of assets on the original cartoon and shit. No, that's how they made it. The animation yeah. on the original cartoon is actually super good, but they oh, really? just use it a lot. Uh, they rotoscope. They filmed actors and then rotoscoped. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm a massive fan of this. I didn't watch the Shira cartoon, despite your love. So it goes, magical powers were born to me the day I held my sword aloft and yelled, "I have the power!" I really, I really like Man at Arms. I think that he was he was given a lot to do, despite him having limited scenes. The idea that he felt well, his daughter had completely removed herself from his life, and mm. he has obviously Roboto, adopted daughter, his adopted daughter, but he has Roboto. Who is... Because I'm not saying I think I know where they're going with Teela, but I think it's going to upset a lot of nerds. I, I liked Roboto, his his makeshift son. I don't know if he was a character in the original Yeah, character. his toy's amazing. Oh, yeah? There's a character in Rick and Morty who's based on him. Cogsman. Cogsman, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he has an entire arc. He's only in like two or three episodes. His toy's amazing. The original toy, when he turned his waist, the cogs in his chest moved around. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, so yeah, so he has like a really interesting arc and I didn't expect that. And again, like there was a lot of emotional depth and they handle it really well. Like I really like the idea that he, he just goes, well, I can forge this. And he doesn't say to anyone, this will probably kill me guys. He just goes, I can do this. Hmm. Like he's like, he sees that it's the Gregor. And then that final thing is heartbreaking. His last line is, I know I'm not a robot because I'm scared. So I am a miracle because someone made me, but I can feel this. Yeah. And I'm like, even robots are scared of death, man. That's fucked. <laughs> Orko going was just the worst, though. Orko going was the worst because... I don't think he's gone. You don't reckon he's gone? You think nah. he's coming back? No, nah, it's Orko. It's magic. There's no way his magic worked. Yeah, something went hideously wrong. Because I, I, I really like that scene. I would like it if that was it. If that was really him done, then I, I think that's a suitable exit for him. No, no, give him a big hero's return. But what is, what is? How can you return? Like, because the only other way you could do it is, oh, what? Maybe bring in, uh, maybe can... pull through a dimensional rift or something. No, no, no. I say oh, no. if he displaces him, he accidentally time travels and then he pulls himself in and he accidentally pulls himself into the chamber. What I was really hoping for at the end was when Skeletor did a thing yeah I was hoping he was going to turn into the new adventures of He-Man Skeletor I thought it'd be fucking amazing just to really annoy the fans if this moved into the new adventures of He-Man oh what the anime the Flash style one the animated series that came after the original He-Man series where they tried to reboot it and basically it was a continuation but it was much more technological based yeah and He-Man was in some future 
world, and he had a ponytail now, and he wasn't as big. But Skeletor had a different look, and Skeletor's looking that is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I like different they voice did, as well. They did the Mortal Kombat ending. You know, like Mortal Kombat, oh, where, where Shang Tsung comes out of the Shang top Khan. of the Shao Kahn, sorry, comes out of the top of the building. He's like, "I'm gonna get you," and it's like end of series. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. I like it. It feels like a complete thing. Despite Let's like get Frank Langella to do a voice in it, like you say, it's got loads of nods to the original cartoons and stuff, but it is completely accessible for anyone who um, doesn't. The, the lore stuff is like spot on. Like yeah. it's silly how much. Like all the tiny little details, not just from the cartoons, but from the comics that they've pulled up, and just stuff that was on the stat, the back on the original character development stuff that never even found its way into the yeah. cartoons. I don't know if Kevin Smith is trying to pull the wool over our eyes or not, but in the trailers for this, they showed He Man and Skeletor both having one sword each and fighting. So I'm assuming that's the way that it's going to split again, and they're going to be maybe Skeletor's sword. Well, in the in the um. The two swords thing, I think, is taken from the 2000s cartoon as well. Okay. Skeletor's, Skeletor and He-Man's sword in the um, 2000s cartoon were like two halves of the same sword. Yeah. And Skeletor had like his evil one split in two into two small swords. And He-Man's was one big broadsword. But they were both supposed to be forged from the same source. Okay. Um, but that was in the 2000s cartoon. I think that's where he's kind of referencing a little bit. Because mm. the purple one looks a bit like, where's my Skeletor figure? I can show you. <laughs> you don't need to, don't worry. I'm taking yeah. your word from this. Um, but yeah, with regards to the series, yeah, I couldn't... I don't think there could be a better entry point for something like this. Like, Kevin Smith's done really fucking well. Mm. It's not just him. You no, it's him. not. No, there's like a whole team of writers. He was writers. basically executive producer type mm. guy on it. He was story, he was story editor. Mark Bernardin direct, wrote an episode. Did he? Yeah, um, you know the guy who does this podcast thing with him. Oh, Fat Man on Batman. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Um, he did the episode with... Um, and the water, the ice one. Yeah, that was probably the slowest episode. Mm. Um, and it was the, like, it didn't really need to be there, a lot of that one. Because it was just, they were travelling to the place and you could see them getting their magic back a little bit. And, like, well, there was so some character development. Arms back involved and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, man at arms. But yeah, I... Where's fucking his gay moustache in this? Really impressed by this and I can't wait to see the second half of the series. I'm guessing it's out this year. Yeah, it's like September or something. It's not oh, okay, far cool. off, I don't think. I hope not, because i uh desperate to see where this goes, because uh, one hell of a cliffhanger. Bah, 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 bah. I would like it if he did just die and they were like, fuck it, Teela, she can have the sword. It'll upset the weirdos. She's so fucking The thing is, the show's called Masters of the Universe. Like, yeah, it was called He-Man Masters of the Universe, the original run, wasn't it? No, it's Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe is the name of the franchise. Yeah. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was what they called the cartoon. I'm trying to think of um, anything else. No, that was it. Oh, I really enjoyed it. I liked what they did with Evil Lynn. Gave her so much more character development than yeah, I've seen she's, anything like this. She's not gone evil. No, she, I reckon she's good. I reckon she's... Because Orko... She's made the decision to get in on the inside so, you know, she can be there for, you know, to deal on the inside edge on Skeletal. Well, see, I thought that she was just there because they were... They kept saying that it was going to bring back magic and stuff, didn't they? They were like, this is going to bring back magic. Yeah. Trap gonna... Jaw, that's the name of the guy with the... And then didn't thing. bring back magic. Okay, but yeah. I really liked... liked his work. Oh, Justin Long was with Botto. Was he? Yeah. Oh, that's a good little... Henry Rollins, that's who was in it as... Yeah, uh, Triclops. Yeah. I always call him Cyclops. This is Triclops. Yeah. Uh, was Kevin Conroy fish dude? Well, fish dude. Merman. Yeah, it was Kevin Conroy. 
Uh, I don't know. But um, Cree Summers' oh, yeah, yeah, picture Kevin is Conroy. Justin Long. Why is Cree Summers' picture Justin Long on IMDb? Who was Jason Mewes? Stinkle. Ha! <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, your review. Uh, no, sorry. Is it my review now? Yeah, I guess. Oh, shit. Um, are you going to review Zelda? I don't know. Probably not. No. no. Okay. I'm going to review um, Fear Street. It finally finished. All three films. Uh, I think I reviewed one a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they finally showed all three. And fuck me, did I enjoy this series. Um, like, overall, this is so much better than I thought it was going to be. So Fear Street is a series of three films based on some books by R.L. Stein, but I don't know if the story is based on those books. It's just that's that's the moniker they've used because it's R.L. Stein's so- story they're working from. Um, so basically, the it's 1994, 1978, and 1666. Those are the three years, and they each have their own film, kind of. Um, in 1994, it's a group of group of teens trying to find, survive a slasher film. They find out that the slashers that are after them are driven by the blood of whoever has been written in, well, who's whoever's like been targeted basically, and the target is chosen by whoever touches this rotting corpse of this person who was hung as a witch. Right? Um, it's just basically out in the woods. It's old. It's right. 1666 is the year she died. Why would died. they leave it out there? It's it's just hidden away. Like there's this whole the whole of the town. There's like a weird. It's all supernatural based, but there's like this weird thing where Shady Side, which is where everything's happening, is in like direct direct competition with Sunny Sunny Vale or Sunny something Sunny Side. I don't care. Um, so Eggs. these two towns. Sunnyside is like the rich side and then shady side is the cheaper like they always have trouble and stuff. That's subtle. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) So basically this Sam Fears is the name of the witch who was hung and this girl accidentally puts her hand on the corpse. Oh. Sam Fears. Yeah, Fear Street. Fears Treat. Yeah. No, Sam Fears. Fears. Fear Street. Fears Treat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so she puts her hand on the corpse and then suddenly all these killers are after her. And there's like a really nice design to all the killers. I really like the designs of the serial killers in this. And they basically, they hunt her down and her friends decide to band together to try and find what they need to, to break the curse. And the idea is that if they reunite this hand that was chopped off of Sam Fears when they were finding her, which has never been reunited with the body, they're hoping if they can find that, put that with the corpse, it sort of, it puts her at rest, kind of. So that's their goal. Um, and they are doing everything they can to protect their friends. Sadly, some of them died, but they use, they find out that if they take the blood and they put it on items of clothing they're wearing, they can sort of draw the killers away. They get attracted to the blood. And so there's some great scenes in which they're basically playing like pass the parcel. There's a, there's a moment in the first film where they find this out and they cleverly use it to lock the killers in a bathroom and then just blow the fucking bathroom up. But then they realise that it's supernatural, so the bodies start reforming and they start coming after them again. No. Uh, they eventually they work out some semblance of a plan. They do the Evil Dead remake route and they kill the girl because once she's dead, their task is complete, and then they revive her. But sadly, as I said, lots of people die anyway. Um, seventy-eight. So nineteen seventy-eight is a film that think think Friday the Thirteenth, but remove the rule in which Jason kills can't kill kids. Kids always get away in those films. In this, tons of kids die. Sweet. There's a new murderer who you see him become the murderer in this one. So his name is Tommy. And he essentially... Um, That's a Friday the 13th It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tommy is the... the he's the... 
Um, what's her name? Uh, who's the name of the girl from Nightmare on Elm Street? The one who survives and no, from Friday the Thirteenth. Tommy. Yeah, no, no, I know. Tommy's the Corey version. Feldman. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. It's the Corey. Oh, yeah, so he is. So he is. He grows up to be the guy from Return of the Living Dead. Five. He's the other guy. Yeah, the guy from Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, and then yeah. doesn't he kill people in one of them? He accidentally remember. revives him. Yeah, in that's the sequel fun. To yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, um, yeah, 1978, this guy Tommy, um, he, he doesn't realize it, but he touches the hand, becomes cursed, and the, the nurse at the summer camp tries to kill him because she finds out what's happening. And they think she's gone mad. She has gone a bit nuts because she finds out about the curse and all this other stuff. And she's actually been researching everything to try and find a way to break the curse of, curse of Shady Side. But Tommy becomes a new killer. And it's really fucking interesting seeing this kid. Because he's quite a nice, sweet bloke in the beginning of the episode. He's a bit of a douche. But, you know, it's like 70s. 70s douche. Um, and he fucking starts just becoming this sweaty, clammy mess. And then eventually he gets an axe and he's just fucking axing people. Question. The question is, will you please die in this axing? Oh. Um, he eventually gets like a burlap sack chucked over his head. And because he's like fucking moldy and gross by this point, it just sticks to his face. So it's this really cool image of like, almost like, you know, like Friday the 13th part two, he's, um, Jason has the burlap sack with the eye holes. Mm. In this, it's just a fucking burlap sack that's like attached to his face, like glued to his face. And he just somehow still well, sees that probably sting to pull off. But that sting he doesn't want to pull it off because he's a serial killer. Oh. Just keeps going. Um, and that film ends with them again. Someone dies, gets revived. That ends the curse. And then it cuts to 1666, which is the next film. And in 1666, we see the real story behind Shady Side, the witch's curse and everything else. And there are a lot of revelations about what exactly happened, why it happened, and the truth behind everything that's happened. And then an hour into that film, it suddenly goes... And it's 1994 part two. <gasps> and we get a revival of that initial idea. So the concept of using blood and stuff like that. We get that because they know who the target is in that last 40 minute sort of mini film at the end. And they know who the target is. And it's just them setting up the mall for a serial killer showdown. Like fucking trying to trick people, lock them in place, all this other stuff. And it they, they decide they're going to do a carry. So you know what they mean. They're going to douse someone in blood. That's her blood. It's the person they know is the person controlling the serial killers, the one behind all the supernatural shit. They're going to douse him in blood and the serial killers off him and end the curse. Oh. And it is fucking great. It is unbelievably good. It is so satisfying in so many ways. At one point, they have to slow the killers down because they sort of get out of their containment area. Like the idea is that they're going to contain them in the mall in the shops by locking the gates down. Then once the cop turns up, they're going to carry him. Why is it all malls in America are so easy to take over? No, the person who's... I'll explain that in a second. I'll explain that in a second. But anyway, so they they lock on one of the things, and then when the cop turns up, they pull the blood to do the carry, and they release the serial killers because they're just going to fucking hone in on him. And uh, and it goes wrong. He manages to get away, wheezes his way out of it. So they basically just go, fuck it, we need to slow the serial killers down so that she's got time to go and catch him and, and end the curse. And so what they do is they just go, spray him with the blood. And they're like, yeah, spray him with the blood. And there's just an all-out five-minute section of these immortal serial killer monsters tearing each other the shreds. I was like, I wanted this. I like this. Mm. Um, yeah, like, the whole idea is great. And it's really fucking fun to see a film where they've gone, here you go, supernatural element. We know how this works. We know what we're doing with it. And they've just gone, 
we're going to do X, Y, Z with this. We're going to work this out. And the 1978 stuff comes into it because Gillian Jacobs plays a character who survives that ordeal. And she's essentially been living off the grid trying to avoid any contact with anyone from the summer camp and just stay away from all of that nonsense because of what she experienced there and what she learned. And so she joins in the fray. And then your question about the mall and how easy it is to break into the mall. There is a character in the first in the first movie, 1994, this black dude who's one of the guys from You're the Worst, you know, the comedy series I spoke about. He plays one of the free rappers. Um, there's a rap group, and basically of the three of them, they're like they're dressed like hip hop stars in the first step in the in a flashback. And she goes, You guys don't seem comfortable in all these clothes. And they go, they go, Yeah, that's because usually when we're not doing this shit, we're dressed like free white guys who like skateboarding. And she's like, You just dress like that. And like, and you see him in the next episode, they're wearing like fucking t-shirts and like big caps and shit. This fucking useless. But he's 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 in this. One of the actors from that is in this, and he plays a guy who keeps getting blamed for the mall being completely graffitied over. It turns out that's the person who's casting the spells. They're like staging it so all these serial killers and shit. And he's the trying graffiti to, is he's trying to evil. pin it on the graffiti guy. Oh. So he keeps trying to pin it, but the only evidence they've got is this graffiti. They can't get his fingerprints and stuff because he's not fucking doing it. So they can't stage his fingerprints and shit. But he works at the mall, so like eventually we're going to be able to get him with enough fingerprint evidence. Well, they could have proved. They could have. Um, he's black, so they probably yeah, could try yeah, yeah. and pin on him. Uh, but anyway, so he he joins them. Like the the last episode, they go. He he he's basically like. Wait, what the fuck are you guys doing here after closing? They go, we need to kill X, Y, Z. And he's like, I'm in. <laughs> okay, cool, I'm in. Because he's been badgering him the whole fucking movies. <laughs> like, every one of the movies is getting picked on by this plug. Mm. And he's like, oh, you want to kill this guy? Yeah, no, I know he's evil. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Just like, and he goes with it. Like, it's really interesting to see someone introduce that concept because... The others, they've obviously seen how the killers operate. So there's like a moment where they have to like, basically they push themselves against a wall because they've done like a trail of blood on the floor to leave the killers around. And like, they're literally pressed against it. And this guy, like, you know that the killer's just going to go past, but the way they've stayed, and also the killer they picked to go past him, I think it's the milkman. And the milkman's this guy who basically went nuts on his milk run and jabbed his, like a knife across his cheek. So he has like a Joker style smile. And so he's walking around with like blood pouring out, like smiling at people. And he turns to him and looks at him and the guy's just like, (laughs) <laughs> just walked past him and I was like oh um, yeah the whole thing's great really fucking enjoyed it there's like it was originally meant to be a Fox release and they were going to release one of these films a year which really doesn't make sense no. um, especially because the story's so linked between the three so it wouldn't really tell the story properly um, and I've also heard they were going to release them every month and it was like Paramount and it's this and that. And it's just, this film's been tied up for a while and I think the pandemic has just made someone go, fuck it, let's sell it to Netflix and I'll release it week on week. Hmm. Um, and it's done really well. It's been really well received. Um, the only thing I will say is the acting's great until that 1666 segment because a lot of the characters who play kids in the 70s and the 90s ones, they come back and play roles in that. And they're not very good at the old English accents. <laughs> Like they're dripping and out of American, which isn't a massive problem. I've watched Sean Connery films before. I don't need to give a fuck about accents. Sean Connery's got the right accent. <laughs> He's a Spaniard. Yeah. Spaniard sounds Scottish <laughs> in the 14th century. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I loved these films. I really, really loved these films. I really, really enjoyed it. It wasn't... None of them are perfect. Again, I don't want people to say, because I loved something, I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing it as like the perfect movie. These are great popcorn films. They're films that I probably will watch again. And they have that, that energy of something like a James Gunn style film in which, you know, like James Gunn is very good at predicting what the audience want to see and delivering that. Like he will, he knows his audience well. And there is stuff that he'll insert that will just be like, 
this is this is kind of like the gory yeah, silly love fun. It when James Gunn inserts what you want him to insert. Yeah. Yeah, he, he knows when the audience wants to see want something. To I think there have been. I think to say James Gunn as an example may be a bad idea because I think that he has misstepped in things like Super with the sex, sex, sexual assault scene and stuff like that. That's not great. That's good because it leads to Rain Wilson vomiting up um, Liv, Liv, Liv Tyler's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading the script the other day. Because I own a copy of the script for Super, one and of, it's signed by the cast and crew. One of my things that, like, one of my things about James Gunn is that ever since I've seen Sliver, and and Sliver is one of the prime examples for a horror film that I think that is, it's a concept that's perfectly perfectly done, exactly what it wants to be, exactly what it needs to be, and it tells the story perfectly. But like, there is, there are so many little, <laughs> there are so many little bits like, like Clark Gregg plays the sheriff, plays the uh, mayor. And he's such a prick in so many of the scenes. And at the end, like when you finally see him infected, and then and then Nathan Fillion comes across him, and he's like, he's begging, he's like, "Kill me, party!" As if it's like some tragic. And Nathan Fillion just picks his gun, shoots him in the face, and goes off. Greg Henry. Yeah. Oh, is it Greg Henry? Yeah, it's not Clark. Oh, Greg. Clark. Yeah, sorry, Clark. Clark, Clark Red's friggin' Agent of Shield. Shield. Yeah. Um, Phil Coulson. I need to finish watching that. Yeah, Greg Henry. Sorry, yeah, he has this like, like this proper like sad. Greg Henry's a really good actor, and yeah. he's got that sad. Little, James Gunn loves him. Been in cute. everything James Gunn's yeah, done. He's, he's literally in everything. He was even in uh, the the um, thing experiment, the Belka uh, Belka experiment. experiment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just that his voice and everything like is perfect. He's like, "Kill me, party!" And Nathan Fillion just literally just goes, and then he goes, "All right, I'll have my day." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these Fear Street films, they do that. They find exactly what you want to see, and they're like fucking on it like a vein they've got it they know exactly what they need to do and like I said the like once they introduced that last segment of um, 1666 1994 part 2 like it just nailed nail on everything just everything's done that's exactly what you need and then there is a tease for a part 4 because I know the director wants to come back and there's so something. many years they could say in. well yeah that's kind of the point is that like each of the films is a bit like a, a slasher from that period so the 1994 is very meta. Like they, they speak like teens that are quite smart and quippy, like a, like a script. Whereas in 1978, they are literally just like. The 90s slasher movies didn't become meta until the late 90s. 96 was screen. Yeah, but you're saying 94, Two you're years. still in the, you're still they in Halloween been, 6 territory. They would have been writing and producing screen right. in 1994. And Paul Rudd was in a Halloween movie. That was 98, wasn't it? No, it's earlier than that. 98's Halloween H2O. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Paul Rudd was in Halloween 6. Yeah, which was 94? 94, 95, something like that. Yeah. Have you seen the other cut good. of that? The producer's cut? None of them are good. It's all right. It has an ending to, to Mike Myers. Like a definitive ending to Mike Myers. There's no definitive ending to Mike Yeah, he injects his head full of full of acid. Yeah. And he beats his head in with a pole. And it's just like, Marsh, it's like, oh, he's done. Yeah, he'll put a plaster on that. It'll be fine. No, it turns out that one of the Sleep cultists has been picked as the next Mark of Cain. Yeah. Because that's that's those films, oh. Druids. God, they get yeah, off the rails. Fear Street. I, I'm going to give it a Tom Atkins because I fucking loved it. I genuinely loved it. I think that anyone who likes horror and has Netflix, check it out because it's really entertaining. You might have to bite your thumb a couple of bits because there are, you know, like there are those moments that I think that there are certain members of our society that don't like seeing queer relationships. Uh, I don't know how and they do still two, exist. Two of the male killers get it on. No, two girls. Oh. Two girls. Oh, I want to see two. Two girls are in love. When are we going to get a horror movie where the killers are allowed to be gay? There is a nice misdirect, and uh, yeah, and they're in love. And I liked it. I thought it was um, really well done. Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Willard would someone, have been a good Someone does couple. an event horizon on their eyes in 1666. Oh, like Sam Neill. They pull their eyes. Yeah. 
It's really gross. Yeah. They pull her eyes, and then you see the whole congregation are like, it's near enough empty. There's only like six people, seven people. They're all watching him give this speech, and it's like they're possessed. And it's a really creepy image, and I really liked it. It's almost as good. Did you ever watch the... Uh, this was a Netflix film in other countries. It wasn't here. The Ritual, starring... Um, what's his name? Thingy Spool. Timothy Spool. No, not Timothy. His son. The one from Jurassic Rafe World 2. Rafe Spool. Rafe Spool. Uh, Rafe Spool plays a guy going on a hike with his mates, and they get trapped in like this weird Is cult. Is he Jurassic World 2? Yeah, he's the bad guy. Is he? Yeah, he's yeah. the main bad guy. I remember Memo from Bumblebee's in Jurassic World 2. Who? Hayley Steinfeld's buddy in... Bumblebee. Oh, yeah, he is, yeah. 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 The one who had the GoBots comic. Terrible. I like that, though, because in Bumblebee, it's like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm totally going to get the girl. And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. We're friends. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? And he's got a GoBots comic. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, so, yeah. I got a Bumblebee figure. Not Bumblebee, but I got a figure from the Bumblebee film. What was I getting? I don't know, man. You were talking about Fear Street, and you said, um... You said it was the worst thing you've watched? No, no, I gave it to Tom Atkins and I was talking about something else very quickly. Who knows, man? Who My knows? mind has gone to mush since that fucking anaesthetic. I keep losing trail of things I'm saying. Um, That's normal. If you go back and re- listen to the past podcast... No, I've been listening to the old podcast to catch up. Yeah, yeah, you don't... You Sometimes I just lose shit, do I? Yeah, all the time. Because yeah. you can't focus. You're probably talking about something. Oh, the ritual. The ritual, yeah. So Rafe Spool was in the ritual, and there is a scene in that that's fucking incredible. He finds he finds out that the reason they've been captured is there's like this weird religious group that prays a demon that lives in the woods, and they find this like wooden sculpture of this thing that looks like a person praying, and it turns out it's this fucking ancient Nordic demon that has like antlers, like that have hands and like a human face. And when it comes after you, you see your loved ones before it kills you. Oh. And there's all these fucking people that are praising it. And That's he's not like, so bad. You what? listen to this. There's all these people like praising it. They basically pick someone who's lived through tragedy, who's broken and doesn't want to, like, they can't be part of society anymore. It's like broken people. And they join this religious group and they sort of they keep going with the town. And he goes up, he like basically breaks out of where he's being kept. And he goes up the stairs and there's like a church with another one of these wooden figures. And he's looking around him at what looks like wooden people, like like sketched people. And it turns out that the people just live forever. And eventually, their bodies atrophy so much they can't be members of the society anymore. So they just put them in the pupils and they just sit there listening to nothing mm. for eternity. And he goes up there and he's like, he's like, what the fuck is going on? And he hears breathing. And he turns to his left and one of them just like, its neck just goes towards him. And he, he's like, he's you see in his face like fear and everything. And he just like, in one very, very conscious move, he lowers the flaming torch in his hand to its face and just sets it on fire and then just walks over, <laughs> changing his expression. And he punches an old lady in the face, which is one of the greatest hits in cinema. Not many people, not many like, like, I won't, I won't often say hitting a woman in the face is a good thing. But when she's a demon woman who's capturing people and turning them into these weird acolytes, I just a quick punch to their chops is good. It's real fun to see. Who's to say if they're possessed or not? Oh, she's possessed. Some she old screams. people. She screams like to tell him that he's coming down the stairs. She's like, "There he is! There he is! Fucking get him!" And she's like, "And they, he, they've killed his mates." Something like good on him. Um, but yeah, fair, a lot of old people look like they're possessed. Yeah, she's definitely possessed though, by a Nordic demon that lives in the woods, uh, definitively. Uh, but yeah, Fear Street, Tom Atkins. I really enjoyed it. I really recommend people see it. I know that there's, like I said, you're gonna have to bite your thumb at some of the dialogue, but like overall, what a fucking product. I think you'd actually enjoy it. I think that you would like. Yeah, this. but I'd have to watch it. 
Yeah, maybe just watch one of them. Watch the first I've one. Got Star Trek to watch. Yeah, I know, but like, watch the first one. If you don't get into it, then don't watch the other two. But if you get into it, then just keep going. That second one is one of the best slasher films I've seen in a very long time. The way that the way that they've got like they've set it up so you've got different types of killer that match different years, and they've got that the axe wielding nineteen seventy eight one. He's very much a Jason Voorhees. The only difference is he will go into a fucking sprint, and there is something so terrifying. Jason Voorhees doesn't sprint; he teleports. Well, that's the thing—you don't see him run, and I think you don't see him run because it doesn't look very interesting. It looks silly, but this guy is like fucking. He, I don't know who worked on the, the choreography for this, but he goes into like a fucking sprint and it just, it's like the kind of thing where you see it and you're like, there is nothing that's going to stop that thing getting me. He's the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> Speaking of the juggernaut, <laughs> your review at your, your turn. What review am I on? Third? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> back. <coughs> oh God. And went to go and get a drink. Vodka. No, that's not vodka. That's your own urine with some ice cubes in it. Don't you can't fool me. The ice cubes don't cool it down much. No, they don't. And also, they don't really get rid of that acid taste. Or in my examples, the blood. Uh, Ed, your review. Uh, the movies that made us season two. Oh yeah, I was meaning to watch me. this. It was um, it just come out on Netflix yesterday. Yeah, I saw. There's and only four this time, isn't it? It's always only four. Oh, it's only four. Yeah, all those shows in there. Yeah. Um, because they it's did the holiday movies. Back ones to the as well. future. Greece. No. Back to the Future, Dirty Dancing? No. What are they then this time? It's Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Pretty Woman and Forrest Gump. Okay. Forrest Gump? Yeah. Do people like that movie? Yeah, Forrest Gump's an extremely successful movie. I mean, yeah, but... At one point it was like the third highest grossing movie of all time. Do people really still like it though? Yeah. Wow. It's an extremely beloved movie. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you just don't like good movies. Forrest Gump's good. Why do you hate Lieutenant Dan? I don't hate Lieutenant Dan. Anyway, movies that made us, made by the same people who made the toys that made us. They've got a new narrator this time, some British guy. Oh, really? Um, And, you know, just like the other one, it's all full of, like, you know, ooh, wacky humour and stuff every now and again to tie yeah. it all together. Um, and just like the other ones, it's well, it seems like even more so than the other ones. They couldn't get any of the... Actors. Actors and main... <laughs> it's all... It's all producers and screenwriters who, you know, would do anything to be in the spotlight. They love that. Yeah. Um, but, like, there's two Robert Zemeckis films on there. Robert Zemeckis isn't interviewed on either of them. Oh, what? Season. You can get him for cheap now. Yeah, I know. I mean, After you... Welcome to Marwell. Marwin. Marwin. That was yeah. a bad movie. Yeah. Did you watch that movie? No. Okay. That's going to be on my movies or me. He's got a new one coming out soon. Is there? Yeah, I'm sure there's something else he's filming. Oh, no. Um, but Zemeckis hasn't made a good film in years. Not but, since the, uh, the what was it? The Arctic Express. Polar Express. Polar Express. That's not good. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah. Can you, do you not like watching What's the, the dead eyes of uh, children? Mars Needs Mums. Was that him? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. But, Robert um, Zemeckis. Bad boy. He did um, Christmas Carol as well. Yes, he did with Jim, with Jim, Jim Carrey. Yeah, which is all right. It's not. It's fine. No, it's, it's Christmas not. Carol, isn't it? Muppet it's, I mean, it's not Carol's, as good as the... Muppet Christmas Carol is a definitive Scrooged. version of Christmas Carol. Anyway... So, it's the thing. They interviewed the cast. They talk about the making of the film in a very casual, light, easy way. Um, One good thing I did like the Back to the Future one dispels that myth that will not ever friggin' die. You know the one that says that Back to the Future was originally going to be called the Spaceman from Pluto? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which it was never going to be called the Spaceman from Pluto. No. One of the producers said, Oh, we should call it that because he thought Back to the Future was a bad name because he couldn't understand it. 
There was and... another name for it before that, though, wasn't there? <laughs> no, it was Back to the Future. Oh, really? It was always Back to the Future, yeah. Um, and he sent over a memo saying, I want to call it a Spaceman from Pluto, because for some reason this guy thought it was still the 1950s. And Spielberg sent him back a memo saying, ha, really good joke you sent us there. Ha ha, keep them coming. I can't wait for Disney to edit the terrorists out at the beginning of that film. They're not going to. Because uh, anyone who hasn't watched Back to the Future in a while, Doc Brown's funding terrorism. And specifically, it looks to be the Taliban. <laughs> we were allies with the Taliban back then. <laughs> no, we weren't. Yeah, we were. Was it? People... Oh, yeah, because Rambo 3 was 92, wasn't it? Yeah, Living Daylights as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Freaking... Uh-oh. People forget the Taliban were our allies in... Uh-oh. In the Middle East. Oh, no. We have... It's, it's documented in films. Yeah. But, um, anyway. I like the fact that at the end of Rambo 3, they they thank the Taliban. Yeah, thanks to the Taliban. <laughs> They've changed that now. Yeah. <laughs> They've removed the final What do they do? They just say thank you to our allies. No, what did the Taliban do? <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But um, there's a special thanks to that Osama bin Laden guy. <laughs> yeah. But, thanks to Osama. Yeah. For the idea about putting arrows on rockets. Um... But no, there's um, they're pretty casual behind the scenes things. It's not what you would get as a bonus feature on a DVD. It's very much the whole you know I remember the '90s thing, but a bit more effort. Yeah, it's it's very much. Um, you haven't watched it. I watched the first series, <laughs> hmm. and it like every episode of that was it was just gushing. There wasn't any negative things said about the films. Well, it's not about that. It's about no. It's about like I mean they're the, not exactly picking films that are hated. They're picking films that are bona fide classics. Pretty Woman Woman is still the highest grossing frigging romantic comedy of all time. Higher than Notting Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Woman was a huge success. Pretty Woman. I I watched that multiple times when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, no, I still like Pretty Woman. Because parents were... My mum was just like, yeah, we're going to watch Pretty Woman again. And my aunt was like, we're going to watch Pretty Woman again. I, I like Pretty Woman, but I'm just saying that, like, nowadays... I always forget Jason Alexander's in it. Yeah, he plays yeah, the smiling friend. He's the only actor friend. who comes back in. He's a lawyer. Isn't he plays he? the smiling yeah. friend, doesn't he? He tries to sleep with her, throws money out. He's really horrible to her. No, he's um, Richard Gere's lawyer. Yeah, he's really fucking horrible to Je- to Julia Roberts. Everyone's horrible to Julia like, Roberts. Like, So, you know, there's the concierge of the hotel who's really nice to her. Hector. Yeah, Hector's really nice to her. And then he comes back for Princess Diaries, in which he plays the same character, just a really nice gentleman. Hmm. He's really good. He's in a bunch of Robert Zemeckis films. Is he? Yeah. Not oh. Robert Zemeckis. Um... Gary Marshall. Films. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but no, it's, yeah, none, none of them have the directors. None of them have principal cast apart from um, Jurassic Park. They got Sam Neill, oh. which suggests they did reach out to the main cast because Sam Neill's there. But Sam Neill is happy to talk about Jurassic Park all day, every day. Well, Sam Neill's just a really nice dude. Yeah. Um, I follow him on Instagram. He's got nothing better to do than hang around his farm most he of the time. He loves his fucking ducks and his pigs. Yeah. He um, does a lot of work, though. But, like, it's really weird, like... I think the only one that had two cast members appearing in the um, in the interview segments was Forrest Gump, oh. and that's got just got Gary Sinise and um, Tom Hanks. No, the guy who played the young Forrest, the kid. Oh, really? Yeah, Michael something. I thought it was there. Lucas Black for a second there. No, but um, it was alright to get him though because Tom Hanks did famously base his voice on how the kid spoke. Yeah. Because um, the kid was like really nervous, so he had a sort of stilted way of talking. Yeah. Which Tom Hanks went, well, if I talk like this, I sound like a child, and that's perfect for Forrest Gump. Did you ever like? It's not you didn't go full simple Jack, but no, no. But <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched any of the behind the scenes stuff for Big, but he did something very similar in Big, mm. like the kid, because the kid was huge in the eighties. Fred Savage. No, it's not Fred Savage. It is in Big. No, it's not. 
It is. No, it's not. Right, you keep talking some about some other freaking shit. kid. No, it's not. I don't give a shit. It's some little asshole. It's some kid who was really big around the it's time. A poster didn't for go on to do big anything. where Tom Hanks got the tiny hand on his chin. Is there a poster from Big Reason? Yeah, it's the cover of the DVD. Oh, really? But um, no, it's fun enough little documentary series. I mean, there's plenty more films they could do than these. Like, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I'll be amazed if they don't ever do the Goonies on one of these. I want them to do Heart and Soul, starring Robert Downey but, Jr. Um, they need to use some of that Netflix money to get some friggin' directors and actors, because like the toys that made us always has a lot of the principal people involved in making it, and they also interview a whole bunch of the voice cast for the cartoons and stuff like that. So come on, it can't be. Too hard. Yeah, this kid was like in fucking everything in the 80s and then just didn't work for a few years and then came back in the late 90s when he sort of grew up. Who was it? He's a kid from the newsies. His name's uh, David Moscow. Do you remember how big invented Beast was? Did it? Yeah. There's a bit. Oh, because in... they've got the New York skyscraper that transforms into a robot. Yeah, and, and he's like, that's like not very fun. sucks. What if it was an insect that turns into a yeah. robot or a crab that turns into a robot and stuff? Yeah, Beast Wars. Um, but no, freaking these films, it's fun. The interview, the stuff with Pretty Woman is quite interesting. You know, the whole script about how there was like multiple versions of it and it was constantly being rewritten. It got fucking and, dark and at some point <clears> she had a heroin addiction. Well, she, she has like, a heroin addiction in the film. It's clearly there, but it's like, well, she has drugs in the film and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But like, it's clearly been chopped up to remove all the yeah. dark elements of it. But um, no, they're, they're fun stuff. The Jurassic Park one, it's nothing. No, none of it's telling you anything you haven't heard already. Jurassic Park it's, is the one where I'd be most interested to hear from the Stan Winston team that were working on it because they're they still They have Phil alive. Tippett there and because um, oh, okay. you know he was doing stop motion for the dinosaurs, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, the guy who did the CGI on it, um, Steve Wilson, I think his name is, comes across like a total twat. Oh, really? Yeah, he is a bit like a bit egotistical. What's a fuck? Like shit? one of those sort of like he's one of those ones who's like in his fifties. He's still trying to be a rebellious teenager, yeah, type guy. Um, but you know, there's the rock and roll man. The thing is with these series is that there's not many films they could really talk about in depth where you wouldn't hear stuff you've already heard a million times before. Well, that's why I'm curious about like I wasn't joking when I said Heart and Souls because that film's got a great cast and we recently lost uh, what's his name um, the grumpy dude who's in everything. He was in Midnight Run. What's his fucking name? Lon Chaney. No. <laughs> He's in Midnight Run with Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. And Beethoven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He He's in Heart and Souls. Yeah. He plays against Tiger. Yeah, but it's not a film that everyone remembers. Well, no, it is. Like, that's the kind of the weird thing is that, like, loads of people remember it because in America as well as here, it was on TV all the time. It was one of those filler films. I saw it because when I was a kid, my parents, my parents basically just dumped me off with my aunt. Yeah, I think this is very much an experience you had. No, no, no. But, like, my parents dumped me off with my aunt and I saw, I saw the whole of it just because she didn't want to babysit. I don't blame her. I was a weird kid. Um, but I watched all of Heart and Souls. And then when I grew up, I didn't watch it again until I actually grew up. And I rewatched it. And I, it's like, as soon as you watch it, it's one of those films where you're like, oh, fuck, that's where that's from. It is genuinely one of those films that was just... But yeah, but it's, it's, it's so it's not good. Back to the Future. But it could be. The, it's the kind the show of, is very much about the iconic. I think that this is the cult film that is just on the cusp. For you. Uh, for no one everyone. else watched that film. Yes, they did! It's Robert Downey Jr., Tom Sizemore. I don't want to break it to you, but no one gave a shit about Robert Downey Jr. for a very long time. This was at the height of his popularity in the 80s, just before he went off the rail. Yeah, cars. that was about one film long. Air America, and then it all went downhill. No, this was before Air America. Yeah, exactly. Like Air America was the peak. That's then a it, really good film. Yeah, and then it went all downhill. It's really Mel Gibson's best because film. Because he was drinking a lot. That's probably Mel Gibson's best film after Lethal Weapon 2. Mm. Lethal Weapon 2 is 
Lethal Weapon 2 is so much better than people give any. <laughs> it's the only Hollywood film about the apartheid in South Africa. <laughs> it's the only Hollywood it's film that, up. That's, that's got a negative opinion of the apartheid. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Your friend can't go to South Africa. Why not? Because he's blick. <laughs> I recently rewatched it, and Joe Pesci's performance is fucking incredible because he goes and he goes, he goes I, want you just, I want you to just tell my friend, you know, maybe don't go. Maybe. And it's like, why does he not want to go? He, you know, he, it's such a beautiful place. He'll have a great time. He goes, he goes, oh, you, just, you wait till you see what's going on. And then, and then, you know, you, you understand. He goes, he goes, do you want to come on in? <laughs> and Danny Glover comes in and completely sells. Like, I want to go and fight with my, with my brothers. And you see Joe Pesci in the background going like, oh, here he goes again. <laughs> like that. It's fucking, Joe Pesci's so fucking good. Oh. I still think that the Irishman, he should have gone Oscar because he is the best in the Irishman. He's so fucking good in that film. Uh, but yeah, sorry, the movies that made us. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Well, it's, it's, it's all stuff you've heard before because every, you know, all the big DVDs that you would have got in the early 2000s yeah. all had making of features and stuff like that. And everyone brought DVDs of Jurassic Park. They all brought DVDs of Pretty Woman. I'm still surprised that people that didn't watch that shit more. Like, because people don't seem to miss it now. No. I miss the supplementary shit. Yeah, but that's the thing. All those big films, you had all these supplementary shits and you saw it and then there's been tons of TV shows that were behind the scenes. There used to be like weekly TV shows when I was a kid It was about making off stuff. Like oh Jurassic yeah, you used Park to stuff. have like, do you remember, um, what was the movie show on BBC Two? There was loads of them. There was just shows on that were about making off yeah. stuff. But well, we spoke about Dawn of We the already Day know this stuff, that's the thing. There's not really much they can really add to it. And the thing is, they can't go back to much older films because it's very much made for like people in their 30s. It's made for people who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Mm. Like Same with the toys that made us. They're very much focused on stuff that was in the 80s and 90s. So they can't really go for too much further Ooh, back. Oh, actually, you could do up to 98 if you could get a Small Soldiers reunion because that's an insane cast. That's None a really, really good cast. Oh. And it has Kirsten like, Dunst has got better things to do. Who was the main kid in that? That's the kid from Pocus Pocus, isn't he? He didn't go on to do anything. I don't know. He would have been like twenty by the time. Pocus Pocus, Pocus, Pocus was a good film as well. Oh god, but, um, no, it's it's a fine show. It's just fine, light-hearted stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know. They should do another series of toys that made us soon. I think they're running out of toys to cover that are on the sort of scale of the ones they've covered. Um, but the hit movies that made us, there's still loads they can do. Oh, it's the same kid from Mary Indiana. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, Lucas something. Yeah. Um, but it's weird how many people don't remember Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. Yeah, everyone remembers that. No, weird. they don't. Like, it's really no one remembers weird, the follow-up series. But, no, um, the sequel series in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, weird. But um, no, they, there's still loads more they could do with these things. I'm surprised they're only ever four episodes at a time. And it always seems like there's such a long period between them. Um, but they did the holiday movies one, didn't they? Which was yeah. like Home Alone and stuff. Um, and that was, that was a decent little mini-series, like... I imagine they'll probably do another one of them this year, maybe. He wasn't the main character in Small Soldiers. No, I can't remember he's in Small Soldiers. No one gives a shit. I do. Pfft, it's a poo-poo film. That's no, good. Gregory Small Soldiers. Smith? It's Clark Gregg. No, it's Clark Gregg was the Gregory kid. Smith. He's 38. He's dead now. No, he's in a load of stuff. No. He's just one of those people that you wouldn't recognise. He was in The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Oh, what a poor kid. <laughs> no, I remember him being in that now. <laughs> There's a bit in the um, Forrest Gump one where they're talking about how Tom Hanks was busy. He was supposed to be starring in The Postman. Yeah. And then they go, and then Kevin fucking Costner comes along. And rewrote the script. <laughs> no, Kevin Costner decided that he wanted to do The Postman. So Tom Hanks was like shuffled off of it so Kevin Costner could take it over. And they were like, hey, for- Tom, do you want to go back to this Forrest Gump thing we were 
talking about a while ago. And he's like, yeah, fine, sure. The book for Forrest Gump is fucking nuts. Yeah, it's weird. There's hardly any of the books in the film. It's like really, yeah, I know, yeah. it's really like, different. I think probably the thing that I remember most about the film is the historical stuff where they put Tom Hanks into it. And at the time, that being incredible. Yeah, the book's like, he goes into goes to the moon. Goes in space with Monkey. Yeah. Some racist, racist shit in there. He accidentally goes to a KKK meeting. Yeah. Like loads of weird shit. It's not very The pleasant. film does a better idea of it. It's just the idea of this one... Simple person just f- fall, stumbling his way through major historical yeah, events. Yeah, it's basically someone who says yes to everything. He'll yeah. never let you down. He'll always keep going through stuff. The only time that he has to make a decision, he has a breakdown in the film, hmm. which I don't think people deal with very well because they turn it into the scene where he's just running across America. Yeah. But that's like his breakdown, his proper breakdown when he has to make decisions and deal with things and emotionally he can't say so runs. Hmm. And it's like, it's like, oh, that's a good metaphor. No, he's literally running. He's actually running away. Hmm. Um, yeah, weird. But it's nice, good solid little documentary series. It has four episodes. You can watch it in an afternoon. I love the idea of it. I I do think that like it just expand it out. Find something a little bit weirder, a little bit off kilter. Like you could do a Monster Squad, or you could do. What was like- that other one they did? There's another series they did that was like it wasn't done by the same people, but it was a really similar premise from the toys that made us and the movies that made us. The shows that made us. No, there was something else. It was didn't have the same name, but it was another thing Netflix did recently. But um. Yeah, there's there's been other ones. There's, yeah, because it's just light-hearted. Yeah, light-hearted documentaries about things. things that people love and bringing people together that love the same stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't the Ghostbusters one? They had Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. Oh, Dan Aykroyd will fucking turn up for anything. Yeah, I know. Well. Yeah, he's if you let him get on there, just let the camera roll while he rants about aliens and friggin' spirits and stuff, and then eventually get him to do the actual interview part. I love Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson stirs my favorite line in a horror movie, and that's Leviathan. Where the woman's like, sit tight, get some rest, and we'll send a team to rescue in the morning. And Ernie Hudson did some computer screen. She's going, bitch, does it look like I'm sleeping? <laughs> oh, this is pop. That was the one. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was the pop music one that was on a few months ago. Are you, uh, is that your, is that the end of your review? Uh, yeah, sure. What they need to do is the wars that made us. Um, <laughs> just. That's something. That's something that all Americans they can get. Can Jacob Rees-Mogg to give us the wrong information about the Boer War and how we didn't create concentration camps for women and children. No, no, no. We created protection camps to stop them from tilling their farms and raising crops. Americans would love that. I love a nice, light-hearted look at the Vietnam War. Bow wow, Light-hearted look at something the something uh, more. Just a light-hearted look at the Battle of Fallujah. Uh, you know, just, you know, like that video game that's oh, coming Oh, God, out. the Benghazi episode will be a big one, but people yeah. will argue about it. Jeez. Did you ever watch that Benghazi film with uh, Chris Pratt and... Uh, Who's Benghazi? <laughs> the Benghazi film is really weird because it's not positive about that event and it's not it's not negative enough about the event and what led to it. But, it, yeah, like I said, it's not positive at all, but people were like, oh, Benghazi, it was all this, that, and this, and that. And, like, you watch that film, you're like, ah, it's a little bit more complicated than that, guys, even in the movie. Um, <laughs> bleh, um, <coughs> so my last review this week is going to be... You're going to do like... I'm going to talk about Zelda Skyward Sword. Never heard of it. So Zelda Skyward Sword was a Wii game released in 2011 with the Wii Mote Plus included in the box, allowing you to uh, enjoy a finer movement control in the Wii technology than was previously available, allowing a game where precise sword slashes and inputs would be registered, allowing a deeper combat system. Would you agree, Anthony, that it's a deeper combat system? 
I mean, it's got some nice ideas. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's essentially Fight Night Round 3, the Zelda version. <laughs> you know that Fight Night game I've been playing? Fight Night Champions. That I play every so often to relieve stress and tension. And you're like, the whole thing about that is that you have radial control using the right thumbstick. So if you go in a certain direction, it'll do a jab. If you do like a hook round, it'll do a hook. If you do down and then up, it'll do an uppercut. You know, it's just, it's just input. It's a different input method from the traditional button inputs, right? Um, mm. and this very much reminded me of that. Yeah, but you're playing it with a controller. I am indeed. We'll get to that. I'm playing it motion controls. We will get to that in a minute because I'm going to ask you about that. But before we do, let's just quickly go over the game. So this is, this is probably, I, I think I'm safe in saying this is the most linear Zelda game that I've played. Like it is. Unlike the others, there's no open world system. There's no real exploration. What do you mean? You've got that whole, all those clouds to fly around. <laughs> all those clouds to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's the most linear. So there's just three areas and they're sort of, they're smaller areas that expand as the game goes on. As a, you know, that's fine. That's fine. The reason it's linear is because the original control method meant that, you know, they sort of had to guide you a little bit more. And also the Wii itself, the console, the install base wasn't diehard gamers it was a mix of diehard gamers and very casual people that were just playing fucking tennis and bowling and stuff. So they wanted a game that could appeal to both people. So it's not too hard, not too easy. It's a fine middle ground, and they sort of they 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 do um, a lot of guiding in the original from what I've seen so far. So like in the original, if you were to pick up an item, it would uh, it would tell you all the info, and then if you were to it wouldn't tell you again for that playthrough. But if you saved the game and came back to it, it would then tell you the info for all of that item again. Again, it's just just you know. A needless waste of time. And also, the fee robot creature that comes from your sword, mm. that would just automatically kick off every time something happened. Yeah, I, could, I didn't play much of the original. I had a quick go on it once. and I never played it. Never got around to playing it. Yeah. No. Um, I think we're both in the same situation on that, that we only sort of third-hand information. I think I didn't own a Wii at the time, and also... I. How did you not own a Wii? Because I just didn't. Did I, you try looking like under the bed? Or something? <laughs> like, you've got one. You I've got one, one now. You would have had I've one. I've got one now. You would have had one. I've got a Wii and a Wii U, but there is a reason I have both. Uh, but yeah, so the Wii itself, I never had one. Well, I didn't have one at the time, so I couldn't play this. The last game in the Zelda series was Twilight Princess, which came on GameCube and I have on GameCube. Mm. I didn't have it on Wii. I think the GameCube was the better version by all accounts. I think a lot of people prefer that version. Um, I'm not sure why. I think it's because it forced widescreen on the Wii one. So it made the image weird, the picture was weird, whereas on the GameCube one it was in... No, the, the Wii one's proper widescreen, but it's um, it's um the image is flipped. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, the Wii one's the Zelda's right-handed, Link's right-handed. Oh, right, okay. They've literally flipped the entire game world around. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole game is literally the opposite of the right round. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, um, so yeah, so Skyward Sword, I've played Breath of the World... Well, I've played every Zelda game at this point now. I've I've completed every Zelda game except for Zelda 2. The Adventures of Link. I never bothered. Is that worth playing? You never played Zelda 2? No. I've no. got it. I've never played Zelda 2 and I've never completed Majora's Mask. You've got it on your Switch. You can just play it on there. Yeah, I know. But I, I don't I've know got the that. original cart. Oh yeah, I've never played Zelda 2. Oh god, it's really difficult. I've played really the original difficult. Zelda. Like, I've completed the original Zelda. That took a long time and I had to use save hmm. states but I've completed the original Zelda. Hmm. have not completed Zelda 2. Um, I've played all the other Zeldas. I haven't completed uh, Majora's Mask. That's the only one I haven't completed other than Zelda 2 and this one, Skyward Sword. Um, but yeah, so Skyward Sword. I'm playing it now. I'm on the third dungeon. I've got plenty left to go, but I feel like I've experienced quite a bit of the game, so I want to just review it now. 
I mean, maybe if my opinion changes 40 hours in when I've completed it, maybe I'll give yeah, it a you still got a load of dungeons to go. Yeah, I've still got a lot of stuff to do. But if my opinion changes by that point, then I'll get... I think there's one dungeon that's like a clockwork thing and you have to keep turning. The only, the only... I remember watching Game Maker's Toolkit thing when he went through the levels oh, on really? it. Yeah. The only way that I can see my opinion... The of first this... dungeon's very yeah. basic. Like, it has the water level thing, but it doesn't actually play into anything. It's just you raise the water to swim I think up the... stuff. This may be this may be controversial, but I think the thing that hampers this being one of the better Zelda games and means that it's just like sort of one of the mid tier ones is the camera seems a bit of its own fucking accord. Um, like when you play with the control pad, you can't control the camera while fighting, can yes, you? Yes, you can. You hold the right stick. You can still hold the. You got basically. You've oh no, you can't. No, you're not while you're fighting. Stick, yeah. No, no, not while you're fighting. Yeah, you can with motion controls. Oh really? Yeah, but you couldn't control the camera on the original game because the camera because there wasn't any. And camera I can control. tell that from the game because yeah. if you get a cutscene or if you do something, you'll see something in the corner. It will purposely drag the camera to a certain angle to show you something, and it really wants you to pay attention. But there are some like that water level. I got to the bridge with the two spiders and you know there's a chest on the other end when you go through the door there's like a chest in the tree. Mm. I thought I was meant to be getting that chest and then leaving that room. Oh yeah, that room was a pain in the But ass. it turns out there's a fucking thing you've got to hit up in the... And it doesn't indicate to you there's anything up there. There's that little weird story... There's a little you, tunnel you go to the side and you hit and then the water comes up. Yeah. And then you go back into the main room and you've got to find the... Oh um, no, the one with the tunnel underneath I had no problem with. I was like, oh, there's a thing that I go underneath. But you read the tablet and it says one up, one down. So I was like, where is the fucking up one in this room? Well, the up one was the one you, you hit first when you went in there. It's on about the door, above the door, to get into that room where there's two sculptures. No, because the up one's the one in the room with the two spiders in the middle of the bridge. That's the up one. Yeah, the down one's underneath the bridge. Yeah, but I didn't realise the up one was on the other side of the thing. Because it says two paths left and right. There's a path left and there's a path right in that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so it's just it, it's confusing stuff. shit like that. Like, if the camera showed you, or if there was like maybe a hint in that room, as well as the other... Yeah, room. I spent ages looking around that room. Yeah. Because like, there's another half to the room, the other side, and I'm like... Yeah. What, do I have to hit something and make something appear? It's just it's stuff like that that hampers the experience. But overall... I'm actually really enjoying this. Mm. I do occasionally get a bit claustrophobic for a Zelda game, where it does feel a bit like, um, you know, you just... Like I said, the combination of the camera being a little bit closer and on link and not giving you as much of the environment, and like certain... You haven't got the scarab thing yet. So I've got the scarab. Oh, you've got the scarab thing. little beetle thing, fly yeah. him off. You haven't got the pincer yet where you can pick stuff up. Once you get... Up. Oh, the hook shot. No, you get like a pincer thing on your scarab, and you can mm. pick stuff up and drop it in other places. Yeah. Once you get that, the camera, when you've got the thing, you can go above it to look down where the thing's going to go. Mm. And it just, it puts the thing, like, it takes up 40% of the screen. And so you can't mm. really see stuff. It's just, it's weird choices like it's that. Nintendo games for you. They yeah. love doing that. That freaking Star Fox game did that, didn't it? When you oh, the, the, yeah, the weird one. Yeah. yeah. Star Fox on the Wii U. Yeah. Um, but overall, I really like this. Mm. It's not that bad. And one of the things I didn't expect to like, which I fucking love, the flying's really good. I got really annoyed with the flying first time. Really? Because it tells you to point up with the mo- thing yeah. to fly up, but yeah. it's not point up. You shake the controller upwards. Oh, really? To make you t- get height quickly. See, it's really easy on the, when you've got a control pad, it's A. It's A and it like levels you up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, the motion controls, it says tilt up and then yeah. tilt down to get more speed. Yeah. But what it doesn't really get across is that what it wants you to do to go up a bit yeah, of height yeah, is yeah, to yeah. flick the controller up ah, okay. to get a proper height up. Yeah. But, but, um, but I found it really easy yeah. on the control. And also, they, I mean, I didn't expect to praise this. 
But there is something very cool about Zelda, about Link, sorry, jumping over the edge of something. You hear the wind go like, and then just midway through your, your, your descent, you just whistle and there's only like that. You're off. Yeah. It's so really well designed. It's like, it's it took me a while to figure out if I want to drop through those holes, I have to dive off the bird. I thought you were going to fly yeah. the bird through the hole. That's what I thought, but then mm. you've got to press the Z button and you're done. I, say, I haven't done it for ages. The one thing designed that's really annoying is though, because um, this game had the stamina stuff in it. Oh, but yeah. But the stamina doesn't serve any purpose to no. anything going on in the game. In Breath of the Wild, it feeds into the whole survival you aspect. you can upgrade and, it as well. Yeah, yeah, but it feeds into how it's Breath of the Wild is all about survival and fighting the elements and stuff like that, so... Stamina makes sense in that game, mm. but in this one, it's just there for the sake of it because stamina gauges were popular at the time. Yeah. If you could upgrade it, it wouldn't be an issue, but because you can't upgrade it, it's just static. Mm. It's a bit of a fucker. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm really enjoying this. I, I didn't realise I missed that older Zelda design until I started playing this, and now I really want to play Wind Waker and Twilight Princess again. I don't know why they're so hesitant to just release all the fucking Zelda games on a cart. Because you could put them all on a cart now. It's the 35th anniversary of Zelda this year, isn't it? You could it? have just fucking... Yeah. If, you, if, they put, if they put Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and then Twilight Princess on a cart, my money's done. Go. Mm. Give it to me. I want it. Twilight Princess would be an easy port as well. Straight exactly. out the Wii U version. Just... Yeah. And you could put Wind Waker on there if you feel like it, or you could just re-release Wind Waker. I'd buy Wind Waker again because I fucking love Wind Waker. Wind Waker is probably the most solid Zelda experience, and the graphics in that hold up. The Bokoblin design, like the fucking little big cartoony high mm. chest stuff. I'd like a collection Tons. of the portable ones. Yeah. Um, Minish Cap and the two DS ones. That'd be really nice. They're really hesitant to re-release GBA stuff, though. Yeah. I think the Minish Cap, because it's owned by Capcom as well. No, Capcom developed it. Yeah. But they also developed Oracle of Seasons and Ages as well. Yeah. Um, I sold my copy of that. It was really good. Oracle of Seasons is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mm. had... Uh, Seasons was the one I had because that was the combat one. Ages was the puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've replayed those recently because I've got the um, Odroid Go Super, mm. the handheld thing. And they're really, really good games. Really solid games. Um, there's a lot of text in the beginning that just goes nowhere. But the games themselves are great. Um, yeah, so Skyward Sword, like a really... <laughs> It's it's polished, but it's not polished. It's good, but it's like got some really fucking irritating design choices, which are obviously from the motion controls more than anything else. Um, all in all, though, I'm enjoying it. Like, a lot. Um, the music's fucking incredible. I love the system, because you know in Breath of the Wild, you've got the pop, pop, pop. You've got the, the music as you hit things, like the music, the, the yeah. notes change as you hit them multiple times. This has just a better... This has an even better version of that. I Wind didn't Waker it. started that. Yeah. Wind Wanker, more like. <laughs> nice. Got him. Wind Waker was before Twilight Princess, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Twilight Princess, because when Wind Waker came out, um, everyone moaned that it looked like a cartoony kiddie Yeah, because thing. they released that tech demo of a realistic looking Zelda Yeah, game. so that's why Twin Twilight Princess happened. And, yeah. And sort of Skyward Sword sort of in between both of those, because yes. it's got a weird painting look to it. Like all the textures look like blobs of paint from the distance. Yeah. I saw the the. the yeah. It's really weird when you see the cr- the trees and stuff, and you're like, you wouldn't have trees like that in games nowadays, no. where it's just like you know a couple of flat texture maps. Oh yeah, like crossed over. Have each you noticed other. that with a lot of the chains and stuff as well? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Even the switch, you don't get that on switch. <laughs> no, um, yeah. I think that uh, I think I don't think it's worth fifty quid. 
that's one of the things that's irking me is that I think the asking price is 50 quid or 45 on Amazon. I think I paid 35 and I got the fucking the steelbook and the keyring and stuff. Yeah, but it's Nintendo. And I got you the same version. They want their games to be full price because that's the value they want from their games. I got two copies for 70 quid and I think 35 pound is the right price for this. This is Mm. an item. They haven't done enough really to justify a full price release, but because Skyward Sword was, it was the Zelda game everyone didn't play. You know? I don't know, I think considering the Wii version was like 480p, yeah, and stuff like getting it a HD nice. version of it is nicer. It looks nice. That's one of the things I didn't expect. Yeah. Was it looks nice? They've made a lot of smart character decisions. It is uh, it doesn't look as nice as Wind Waker looked on that HD remake, but it does I look nice. Wind Waker like looks good and stuff, but I didn't like the way they did the shell shading on the HD version. Sometimes it's a bit weird. It looks wrong because you see jagged lines sometimes. Well, it just doesn't look like cell shading anymore. Mm. It's all smoothed out edges and stuff like that. It's all mm. the like the shading doesn't have the same. Oh, I see what you mean. Look to it. It doesn't have the same harsh divide between light and dark. Yeah, well, they got rid of some of the uh, what's it called the borders, didn't they? Character borders and stuff, and oh, also yeah. the lighting. They removed some of the borders around the lighting. Um, but yeah, all in all, Scarlet Sword, I'm really enjoying it, and I want to talk to you about motion controls. Why? So, motion controls. You have just done a boss that I found fucking frustrating. Yeah. Which was that stupid dick who grabs you. Killer Yeah. He fucking irritates me, mate. I hated that I like that him. He was, he was wiggling his tongue around by my ear. That was creepy. Yeah. I actually found him a little bit creepy. Yeah. Because he's like... Ah! And also, he breaks the fourth wall. Because he looks at the camera when he does it. Yeah. And then Zelda Link looks at the camera at the same time, but he's looking dead at you, the player. Which is weird. Yeah, yeah, which is what you wanted. Yeah, just what I wanted. Um, how are you finding my motion controls? Though? Fine. Just I can't thrust in a pain, but yeah, I find with the thrusting it works better if you press the Y button. So you've sent recentered the oh, okay. reticule because that thing has a life of its own. Yeah, it is constantly going off center. I've seen other people playing Super Mario Galaxy, mm. which I still haven't started. Yeah, Super Mario Galaxy was the same. You had to constantly yeah. recenter the reticule. I imagine that's going to be the case. Yeah, it just the switch doesn't have. Because it doesn't have the sensor bars, it can't constantly calibrate itself. Mm. So I don't know. It seems to really have trouble with it. Even though I'm trying to keep the control in the same place all the time, yeah, it just seems like it, every time you move right, it moves the cursor more right than it would left. Do you think they're going to do an update on the motion controls for this? I think they probably have to, won't they? Nah, I'm not going to keep it to Nintendo. They won't update it. <laughs> yeah, they will. They update shit all the time. They'll update shit like 10 years from now. Like when they did friggin' Super Mario Party and added online multiplayer to it. Oh, yeah. Like a year, year and a half, two years after it came out. And everyone was like, couldn't we have that at the start? Like, I like the fact that they're releasing that new Mario Party game and they're like, hey, guess what? It's online. It's like, why couldn't it be online before with the other one? It is now. The yeah. other one. You can play it online now. The new one you can play Which is all online. anyone wanted. The new one's classic maps, isn't it, from the GameCube? Yeah, games. it's based on the N64 ones. N64. Yeah, it's based on the first four, it's only, yeah, three, four, four games. Maps. Um, five maps on the new one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could be more. I mean, come on, it's Mario Party. I don't know why That's they always extend you in Mario Party. That's so fucking restrictive. They always fill it with loads of mini-game stuff, extra modes and stuff, but no one wants them. People just want the Mario Party. Actually, I wouldn't have minded if Star 100 was on the Wii U, but it was on the fucking 3DS. No, Mario Party All-Star, whatever it was. Star 100. It was okay. like 100 mini-games. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I give Skyward Sword. It's not Tom Atkins. I'm going to give it a Helen Mirren. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, 
that may change. Like I said, as I as I complete the game, because I know that sometimes Zelda's shit the bed late game, and if this starts relying more and more on those motion control style fights, I'm going to get annoyed. Because yeah, but you're not playing your motion controls. Yeah, I know, but the problem is that their conversion from motion controls to the regular controls is a bit janky. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, and your last review. Uh, do you remember Loki? Yeah. That was a show that was on. We both watched it all. Yeah. I watched it all first. No, you didn't. Fuck you. <laughs> um, Loki is a show where... Um, Richard E. Grant. Yeah. And Tom Tomathan Hiddleston's. Tomathan Hiddleston's. Um, basically, it's their way of giving you more Loki, because everyone loves Loki, and maybe it wasn't a good idea to kill him off in the Avengers films. Um, but, you know, they're doing a whole thing because they want to do the multiverse. And everyone's super excited for the multiverse, aren't they? Um, that's the whole thing they want to do. Why? So they can recast the characters when the actors get too expensive. Yep. That's why. But anyway, the show's quite fun. It's very, like, basically Loki, who steals the cube in Avengers Endgame from the past. He's a variant. He shouldn't have stolen that. And he gets captured by the TBA. It, it looks like a lot of Loki's have tried stealing that and been successful. Well, they've, they've all done different things. Full of them, they? Yeah, they've just got Infinity Gems in the drawer, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. there's loads of them. They're all, you know, multiverse everywhere. But um, no, it's a fun idea. He's just basically, he ends up joining the TVA. It's kind of a bit like Loki, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the idea that he's like sort of doing stuff for the good guys, yeah. maybe, but then the organisation's evil, so... Eh. Loki, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. is... I'd recommend reading it because some of the stuff they do in here is is about that, but it's a little bit more complicated. But it is basically them giving Loki a good guy arc. Yeah, that's, um, that's what it is. Rehabilitating him. But the first episode, like the entire first episode, is basically about breaking down his character and getting him up to speed where we are with Loki. Because the Loki in the show at the start isn't the one who's been through all the other Avengers films and four films and all that sort of stuff. So he hasn't had the arc that the Loki we know has had. So basically the first episode was all about getting him up to that speed and getting him up to that point Yeah, in a different way, which is nicely done. Um, but yeah, it's it's very Doctor Who-ish. It's like an American version of Doctor Who. Um, Tom Hiddleston almost played Doctor Who years ago. He did. He, he almost um, played four. Yeah, he auditioned for Doctor Who back when I think David Tennant was oh, really? up for the role. Yeah, years and years ago. Um, he's still my bet to be the next James Bond. I think he's my... I think. I think the next James Bond will be a more light-hearted fun affair. I really want it to be uh, Michael Fassbender. Michael Bender. <laughs> Michael Fassbender is my pick for James Bond. I just yeah. i I think a James Bond who can actually speak other languages and be smo- like smooth, but also he is. They should get Tim. If they get Tom Hiddleston, they can get him to do other people's voices. Because that's what he's, that's his party trick, isn't it? Yeah. Just doing impressions. That's true. He does a really good Graham Norton. Yeah. Isn't it weird, like, Tom Hiddleston's quite a little, like, he's quite posh, isn't he? Like, he had, like, a fairly decent background. Hmm. But he's the one who watches all of the Marvel movies and reads all the comics. He's a nerd. I don't know if you've ever watched any of the interviews, but he, like, genuinely knows all of the, like, they... He's a little loser nerd. Let's kick his ass. I know, he's a nice guy. He's dating, um... He's dating one of the people from Velvet Buzz- Buzzsaw. She was also in Fresh Meat. She's an English actress. She's very nice. I have no idea. I saw her in Guildford. Yeah. The show's very Doctor Who-ish. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's fun enough stuff. I 
like as usual the fans are all coming up with their own conspiracy theories about what's going to happen and stuff and like the whole plot twist at the end of the series that the villain behind it always kang although he never gets called kang I think there are. He is a version of. Kang. Yeah, we're going to get a much worse version as the villain. Yeah, because he who remains is yeah. like a comic book character. Yeah, and he is in the same sort of vein as what we see here. The difference being that he who remains normally, um, normally he has just sort of like instead of him being someone who's manipulated everything, he is someone who's just thrust themselves into the future and is trapped at the end of time and can't die. Just lives there. And just has infinite knowledge of what's happened before him. Mm. Um, really interesting concept. But no, the whole thing is they've introduced him as this guy who's like, I'm kind of maybe the best one that made it through. Like, mm. I wasn't a good one, but out of all the versions of me that existed, I was the least worst, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the idea is, is by, you know, killing him and setting up what's going to happen to the Marvel Universe from now on, where there's multiple dimensions and stuff. Yeah. Um, they've potentially unleashed an even worse, a worse version of him that's like pure evil. Yeah. I really hope, because he's going to be the villain in Ant-Man um, Quantumania. Yeah. Um, I really hope there's like multiple Kangs and they're all just like, each one's got a different personality and they're all messing around and, you know, remember like Chadwick Boseman in Gods of Egypt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, who has the one good moment in the entire film, like the one good joke. Yeah. The bit where there goes, like, you've got quite an ego, and then it cuts to Chadwick Boseman, and he stood there with, like, hundreds of versions of himself stood around. Um, but no, it it's a fun series. I like Sylvie, the um, other Loki, the girl she's great. Loki. She is great. Yeah. Um, I, she, I can't remember her actress. She's in other stuff, but I she is, she just is. don't, I don't know actors. Well, um, well, I care. Owen Wilson's fantastic. I was going to say, Owen Wilson is I so charming. The guy, you, about time people start noticing that he's a really good actor. People yeah. don't seem to give him enough credit. They think of him as a guy who says, wow, and all that sort of stuff. He, But he is a genuinely good actor. We spoke about Shanghai Nights. Why are you bring up Shanghai Nights of and all Shanghai fucking Noon. films? You couldn't Shanghai do Noon, sorry. Darjeeling Limited. You couldn't do friggin' What's Darjeeling. that war film he was in? Um, Behind Enemy Lines. Yeah, like... No, he's giving good performances and no, stuff. No, no, I wanted to speak about Shanghai Noon <coughs> specifically um, because he in that film he's he's like you mean Dupree. <laughs> in that film, he is full on like his comedic self, mm. but what people don't realize, he did a lot of his own stunts and stuff. Mm. And he's always been one of those actors that does sort of get his hands dirty. Like I don't know if you've seen Drillbit Taylor; it's not a good film, but he's quite funny in it. And he's he's always sort of. Uh, doing really well and it, like you mentioned Darjeeling Limited that's a film where his arc is the darkest of anyone's in that film like mm. there is a reason he's wearing bandages on his face and it's revealed towards the end I think that in that film it is very much like a Paul W.S. Anderson staple like that idea and that story arc but at the same time I really like the development of that character and how well he develops with his brothers in this I immediately felt rapport between him and Loki yeah, yeah. like I didn't at any point think that either of them was going to fuck the other one over. Even when Loki was actively trying to fuck him over, Loki was always trying to bring him to his level. The thing is, his character's constantly, like, not undermining Loki. He's constantly sort of, like, pulling the rug out from under Loki's to make him be more honest. Yeah. He's, like, not letting Loki get away with any bullshit, and he's doing it in a way that isn't confrontational. He's just, like, he's just playing up with the same pace as him. Yeah, and that's the thing. As soon as he's done that for an episode and they've built that rapport, instantly I'm sold on their relationship. Mm. And then the second episode, they introduce the idea that Loki's like, 
wait, do you not monitor the end of the world then? They're like, well, no, we don't monitor cataclysmic events where people die. We know they happen, but those timelines aren't visited because we could die and also there's nothing mm. we can do in those situations. He goes, well, that's where I'd hide. And mm. the scene where they're both in Pompeii yeah, yeah, and Loki's like oh, that tiny like, little set. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one slight alleyway in the <laughs> green screen. But it's the fact that Loki's like Loki's like, oh, I can speak their language. It's like, yeah, we've got universal language translation. Like, You're all going to die. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the fact that Owen Wilson's like, what is your point? And he goes, well, has it splintered? And he's like, no, it hasn't. And Loki's getting really excited and really into it. And you can kind of fit like. I get the feeling that Loki's never been someone who's even in like the four films you get the idea that Loki's never been someone who's been praised. No. It's always Thor was praised, Loki was by his side and got praised for being by his side. Yeah, but but Loki's never been... nature is that he's mischievous and he keeps undermining himself. Yeah. yeah. But in this like it's nice to see Tom Hiddleston have that same character, have those like urges to to like fuck people over, but instead he just embraces the more Thor mm. side of his personality. And, like, his undoing is still himself, but as soon as he starts getting into it and starts enjoying life, or at least, at the very at the very least, he starts just letting the multiple layers of deceit slide away, everyone loves him. Mm. He starts becoming this figure, and he's like, oh, that's why people like he's got like flicky for. hair. Everyone likes no, his No, 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 like, I'm talking about like stuff like, the scene on the train is so telling, because, like, Sylvie and him have that conversation, <clears> and he's really trying to charm her and while her, and she falls asleep. And the moment she falls asleep, he doesn't fuck her over. He gets drunk and has like a big Valhalla-style <laughs> gathering with these people. And he's got everyone singing. And you kind of get the hint that Loki's always had the ability to be someone praised. But he's always just gone, I need more praise. Hmm. When he's in a situation where he's just like, this is the whole room's on me, except for Sylvie. And she wakes up and he's trying to explain to her. And he goes, if you have this with a figgy port, it's delicious. And drops on the floor and he goes, you can finish that. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's just so weird and so so nice to see in, in a character. Like, there's a little bit of evolution there. And then by the final episode, it's a different character entirely. You can see yeah. that. Because he's seen not only his own demise, but he's also seen the fact that someone like Richard E. Grant, who might be my favourite character in the whole series. Classic Loki. I kind of love him. Yeah. And the idea that he 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 tells him, he goes, he goes, well, what I did was I hid. I had a, I'm the best at manipulating the world I'm the best at, at uh, illusions mm. so I manipulated Thanos into believing he'd actually snapped my neck and then I went to a planet lived by myself I had a little farm I was completely off the radar we no floated in space me. for yeah. a few thousand years oh yeah after that yeah, yeah. And, he's like, and he's like I had this farm I had this lovely life uh, the problem was I missed my brother mm. and the whole thing is that he got fucked over by the fact that he had he loved four. he wanted to go back and see four. and I like the fact that Loki's recognising that like of all the versions of him, he is the one who is capable of change because they're still fucking each other over in a hole in the ground yeah. and he's working with himself in Sylvie to try and do something. Yeah. Um, I love Richard E. Grant casting because like back in the 90s they were trying to make a four film yeah. and he was the guy they were going to pick for Loki. Did, did you see his... Right. Uh, he had a post on Instagram where he's like, my dear departed father said to me, do you really want to be that person at the age of 65 wearing tights on stage screaming about some silly nothing in, into the crowd? He goes, I wish you could see me now. There's a picture of him in the, with the cod piece and everything. But yeah. he was like that scene in which he's well, He's like, got the um, Rick Mail pants on. Yeah, like, they, they went full on big pants. I like the idea that they're, they've accepted that that crocodile's a four, a Loki, sorry. Yeah. And they're like, we could be lying to you. He goes, that's a very Loki thing to do. 
Yeah. But yeah, Richard E. Grant, like, I don't, I, I think that there is a massive difference between English actors that have acted on the stage and had to present themselves a certain way and American actors having to do the same thing. And you can kind of tell because Richard E. Grant isn't that far removed from Owen Wilson in terms of age. I think they've only got 15 years between them. And when Owen Wilson is doing stuff, he's very reserved, he's like smaller actions, but he's very charming and personable. Mm-hmm. And then Richard E. Grant, when Richard E. Grant's having his final blowout where he's like screaming and he goes, and he goes. Now, in- not many, many American actors know how to be theatrical. No. Not in and the classic sense. The fact that it's a man. That's why friggin' the X-Men, friggin' Magneto's always yeah. played by a British person. Yeah, that's true. But it's it's a man calling nothing in, out, mm. out of his imagination. And it's the fact that, it, it, what was his last line? I cannot fucking remember. But it's like something is glorious. Um, it's like glorious, uh, glorious purpose yeah. as like it's coming towards him. He's got that big fucking smile on his face. And I'm like, that's like, this is, but I didn't think it was going to be outdone. And then the final episode, John Majors is a ball of former UK net- prime minister. Jonathan Majors is yeah, former UK prime minister. <laughs> he, I was concerned because in, in Lovecraft country, he, he's a great actor in that, but he is very much like, the stuff is happening around him. Isn't he in Atlanta as well, wasn't it? Or something like... Was, was he for, in Atlanta? It was either Atlanta or um, the Donald Glover thing. Donald Glover one was Atlanta. What's the other one I'm thinking of? The music one. Atlanta is the music one. Are you... Wait. The one with Cuba Gooding Jr. Was it Cuba Gooding Jr.? Oh, no. You're thinking of the Treme? Is it Treme or whatever it was? No, it was the music. It's not Atlanta. Not, it's not that one. It's the one that's all about 1960s music. The Netflix one. Well, um, no, it was freaking In the Heights. Or some shit. I can't fucking remember. One of those shows. He's in one of those good shows. But anyway, in this, him playing Kane, he is fucking charming. There's that, like, you really do get that sense of, like, he is charming, but he's also fucking terrifying. And I think that the scene in which, the scene in which Sylvie's going to stab him, and she goes, any last words? And he just sort of, like, he like in this in this completely flipping way goes like no like that and she just stabs him and he just like shaking and quivering and just passing away goes see you real soon and I was like that's great great bit of character acting nice little fucking performance from him just so good no he wasn't in one he was in the five bloods oh yeah he was in the five bloods yeah. he played the son but um okay it was someone else who's in something and he was in that show with Q. I can't. Remember. I still can't believe that uh, that Delroy Lindo didn't get a fucking Oscar for Five Bloods because he was so good in that. Have you watched that yet? What's the deal with friggin' um, what's his face? Chadwick Boseman. No. War Machine. Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle. What's the deal with him getting a best supporting Did actor? You see Emmy? his tweet about it. Yeah, where he's like, I'd have no so, idea I, why. Guys, I've got no fucking clue either. Did you? He's hear- literally in one scene. So. All right, I don't. I, I I'm not usually someone with inside information, but I do have some inside information on dear, this. Dear, dear, really inside information. I actually yeah. do. Really? So, um, so you know the the group of people that vote for that. Yeah. So there are two people on that on that card for um, Falcon the Winter Soldier, but one person was lower down on the list. Hmm. So Anthony Mackie <laughs> was lower on the list of people you could vote for for Falcon the Winter Soldier. And Don Cheadle was higher, and they reckon that people didn't know the difference between Anthony Mackie and Don Cheadle. I think because Anthony Mackie wouldn't have been put forward for best guest actor. No, no, he it was best supporting actor. Yeah, he was not supporting actor. He is, but, no, but he was down for supporting actor. No, that's not right. They were both down as supporting actor. But uh, yeah, that was that was the thing that people... That was the theory. So. 
I don't think so. I think that's a bunch of weirdos on the internet. Mm. Have you seen the people that vote for the fucking Emmys? They're all 60. And white. Mm. And racist. Yeah. They know Terrence Howard's name. Yeah, yeah. Because he was the only actor for... He's good at maths, that Terrence Howard. (laughs) (laughs) One plus one equals one. No, sorry, it's it's zero plus zero equals two, isn't it? I can't remember. He's fucking stupid. No, he's nuts. Absolute nutter. I really like the story behind him not coming out for um, Iron Man 2. Where it was like they brought Robert Downey Jr.'s salary up mm. and they were going to put Don, they were going to put Don, uh, not Don Cheadle, they were going to put thingies down um, to meet Robert Downey Jr.'s because he got 50 million for the first film, didn't he? 15? Don't Robert Downey Jr. didn't get paid much. No, no, for the Robert Downey Jr. got half a mil for the yeah. first Iron Man film. Yeah. And then what's his Terrence name? Howard got Terrence paid more. Howard got paid like 15, 20 mil. Yeah. And then Robert Downey Jr. got five mil for the sequel. And mm. so they were going to bring. Terrence Howard's salary down to meet Robert Downey Jr.'s and he refused it. Yeah. And then like, that's it. Like, but Don Cheadle gets paid real well in those films. And he got new legs. Do you remember when, when he got paralysed and it didn't have a single impact in the story going forward? Yeah, but that's kind of the comics as well. Like, they do that. They do that to Rhodey a lot in the comics as well, mate. Yeah, it'd be nice if they, nice if something had permanent stakes in Marvel, wouldn't mm. it? Well, in in the comics, Rhodey is like a cyborg because they, like, you know, the War Machine armor and all that other shit. Like, he keeps going to conflict zones and getting really fucked up and he's not Tony Stark, so he's not, like, doing, like, fucking weird shit on the fly. He's just, basically, if the suit breaks and he's in it or if he gets hit by a plane or if he's in a conflict zone and gets hit by a shell, it doesn't always turn out so well for him. So by the time that, by the time he gets to the Iron Man 2020 series, he has a new body because Tony Stark's found a way to regenerate cells. Uh, but his old body, like, he keeps having flashbacks and he won't go back into the Iron Man, the War Machine suit because he has... They're doing a War Machine series, so you know Yeah, they? they're doing Armor Wars. Yeah. Which is going to be really cool. I am actually looking forward to that. Because if they do that, like, if they do use that to augment Rhodey and, like, do the whole cyborg thing, because it's a really Don't interesting... Do a cyborg thing, that's stupid. Well, no, it's a really interesting storyline for him in the comics because, like, he loses his legs eventually and loses one of his arms, but he starts dating Carol Danvers and, like, she's, like, talking to him about, like, he has PTSD and stuff like that. And then once he gets the new body, the PTSD just gets worse and worse. And he eventually starts piloting. They have like this giant machine that's like a crab. Yeah, it doesn't sound like anything that's going to happen. At most, he'll get a robot arm and then he'll do a quip. That's what's going to happen in the Marvel things. I like the scene in uh, Endgame where he he talks about killing baby Thanos and he does the... He does the choking thing. He's like, why can't we just go back and, you know, take the baby Thanos and he does the little, like, the fucking necktie, like the strangle. And I'm like... Yeah, why don't we do that anyway? Yeah, because that's not how time travel works. Yeah, but I still like Don Cheadle just being like, can't we just go back and just fucking... <laughs> and I'm like, Don Cheadle, yeah, we yeah. should. Um, <laughs> I also like the introduction of more Paul Rudd makes for a better film. Endgame Paul Rudd is incredible. Yeah. It's like, wait, not even like Back to the Future? <laughs> no, none of the time travel movies got it right. Jesus, time travel. I love the way he comes into it with his idea of science fiction, of time travel, yeah. and he's completely wrong, but it's still the right approach. <laughs> like, he's, he, cause he, he comes into it as the science guy, because he's before, and the moment they're like, we should probably get a real science guy. Yeah. And then they go and get Hulk. Yeah. And they go and get the meatloaf, giant beefcake. I do like the fact that <laughs> somehow a CGI Mark Ruffalo, all the scenes are stolen by Paul Rudd being like, no, they don't want our man signature. They don't, they don't want it. 
what are you talking about? I was just talking about how good the Marvel shows are right now. Loki. Yeah, Loki's been incredible. Miss Marvel's coming up next year. Yes, I'm really looking forward to that because I like yeah. Kamala Khan. I like Miss Marvel. That comic was great until they just stopped. Miss Marvel, yeah, because it was... Was it Jason Aaron again? It got interrupted by one of the frigging massive great big events, didn't it? And then it just stopped. Yeah, I think Jason Aaron was And then they right. had to reboot it. Jason Aaron was a writer, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Where's my Squirrel Girl TV series? Let me do the Squirrel Girl series where she has to babysit for Luke Cage and... And uh, Jennifer Jones. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Jason Aaron. I don't know. Anyway, Loki. Yeah, it was decent stuff. Probably, oh, it's fucking great. And probably also, the best like, of the three uh, shows they've done so far. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd agree. WandaVision has, like, inconsistency problems here and there. The first three episodes of WandaVision were great, and then it sort of, like, tumbles apart a little bit, apart from a few really good highs. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier was just like, eh, fine. It was fun. See, I... But, I still like WandaVision, but yeah, you're right. They sort of they dropped the premise and then it stopped being as The last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier was a mess. I liked I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier because I like I liked seeing US Agent and like I liked how stupid it got. That last episode I enjoyed. I think that killing Batrock the Leaper and making Agent Carter into a villain was bullshit. Like that didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, and the thing is, is that it's that it's going to serve as the crux for stuff in future Marvel films, yeah. all the Earth stuff. I think because that- spoilers for Black Widow, but like if you haven't watched Eight Falcon and Winter Soldier, a character turns up in the post-credits scene. Contessa. Yeah, it's going to confuse the shit out of you. I I think they're setting it up so that um, suddenly Veep's in it. I think they're setting it up so that um, Agent Carter becomes like the Hawkeye. I don't think they're going to recruit. I'm pretty sure Hawkeye becomes the new Hawkeye. No, not in not in the Thunderbolts because that's kind of what Contessa. No, Haley Steinfeld's the. Yeah, I know, but the fun she doesn't she's she's East Coast Avengers. She's not Thunderbolts. She's going to be a Hawkeye. She's not going to be a Thunderbolt. Though. Yeah, but she's going to be a Hawkeye. Like, because I reckon so they can get, stop hiring Jeremy I reckon Renner. You're going to get US Agent. You're going to get Abomination. You're going to get um. You get fucking um. Yelena. Yel- what's her name? Yelena. Yelena. I'm going to do Abomination. Yeah, Abomination's in Shang Chi. Yeah, but he's going to be a five minute. Yeah, but he's also coming back for the She-Hulk series. Red Hulk's in the She-Hulk series. Yeah, the She-Hulk series is going to be a sitcom. Yeah, I know, but Abomination's going to be in it, and he's going to be part of the Thunderbolts. Is Abomination going to have a job working in She-Hulk's law firm? No, she, he, like, basically... No, it, I want her to have to defend Abomination in court, and it'd be like an episode of Harvey Birdman. Yeah. That's what I basically want. I want yeah, Harvey Birdman, I'm, attorney at law. I'm up for that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, they're going to do Thunderbolts. That's what they're gearing towards. That's what Contessa's gearing towards. And then she'll end up being, like, Miss Hydra or whatever the mm. name of the... She'll she'll start with doing the Thunderbolts and she'll basically be General Ross. General Ross will become Red Hulk. Um, you'll get the Abomination on there as well. And then, like, the Abomination... General Ross into Red Hulk. Yeah. He's too old. He's old. Going that way. Let him well, go. CGI character. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, but then you've got to get friggin... Like William Hurt, you can't you can't put William Hurt in a motion capture suit. You don't need to put Mark Ruffalo in the fucking capture suit, and then just have his face. Give him that big muscle body <laughs> with the tiny arms. But um, it. but yeah, they're doing the Thunderbolts. So yeah, maybe not do Red Hulk. Maybe they'll just do the Abomination as their version of the Hulk. They'll get. Um, I mean, there are they they keep saying that Daredevil's going to be in the new fucking. Um, Where's my Alpha Flight movie? No one wants Alpha Flight. Canadians can fuck themselves. Fucking give me Alpha Flight movie. Peter Dinklage as Puck. No, I want Captain Britain and MI6. No, I want... Give me that series. I want... Give me the girl who is basically the girl from Bender Light Beckham and her what if they? Can... What if they did Alpha Flight and that's you, how they introduced you, Wolverine? Did you actually know about this in Marvel? You know the um, you know the Captain Britain comic? 
Yeah. They introduced a character and her power was she was really good at kicking stuff. Oh. And she wore a soccer uniform everywhere. Or football for us. Um, she wore a football uniform everywhere and she could basically kick anything into any space. Oh. And that was her power. And she got killed horribly during the <laughs> secret invasion event. That's not nice. But uh, but it was just, it was literally just the character from Dependent Like Beckham. <laughs> like, who was writing that comic that day? John Cleese wrote one of them. Did he? Yeah, John Cleese wrote one of the Captain Britain comics. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's racist. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, I think Marvel are doing, they're doing, they're going to end up, Contessa will be like the Thunderbolts and they'll do the Thunderbolts. Okay. Especially um, talking about Loki. Loki's incredible. You and you're going off subject. Sorry. Yeah, Loki's incredible. I really liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I know you didn't, but I, I still... You get one sentence of I Loki still, and then you start going I still off topic find, again. I still find looking strong, John, so fucking funny. Mm. That was one of my favourite moments in any of these series. It's just like, Captain Loki get beaten up and just bucking in the back room. Looking strong there, John. Mm. <laughs> it's like, they didn't even have superpowers. <laughs> It's like, well, maybe train harder than you prick. Mm. Um, but yeah, this this has been the best series so far. I think Loki's been the best series because you can tell they've got the biggest budget and they have just been told, do whatever you want, just get to this point. He had Gugu Mbafferor in it. Who? Gugu Mbafferor. Who's that? She's the woman who's heading up the TVA. Oh, she's right. She's in a bunch of films. Yeah, but, she is. Um, I she like is. her because she's got a fun name to say. She's also in uh, the... Uh, yeah, oh, fuck's sake she's in that weird program on Netflix where it was people got sent back in time they took over other people's bodies their consciousness gets sent back to bodies in the past the Wachowski's one die. no that's Sensei that was a different one wow. it was the one with um, the guy from Will and Grace in the main character role Will and Grace yeah he, mm-hmm. he plays like the main character as a serious program was it Will yeah yeah it was a really interesting program it was actually not too bad it was just like as people were about to die they're basically sent back and they basically just go into that body. And one guy, his, his being sent back fucks up because he goes into the body of a drug dealer. Like his cause of death is being hit by a car and he hasn't got any, any prior drug convictions. So they're like, Oh, you got hit by a car. So you'd be fine. You just don't get hit by the car. And he goes, and he's like, I'm a heroin addict. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I'm so cold, but I'm also very warm. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Loki, I think it, you're right. It's probably the best of these series. I think. It's on par with with Phantom of the Winter Soldier for me, but I got a soft spot for that series. And also, I I have a soft spot for how silly the costume is at the end of Falcon of the Winter Soldier. It didn't have to be comic accurate; they just fucking did it, and I kind of love that. But yeah, that's the end. Gugu Mbatha-Raw did a voice in um, Dark Crystal. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, she's in what's the one she's she was in Cloverfield Paradox. Was she? Yeah, she's the um the well, one who was a scientist. You know when the one who had the husband that only existed in um scene shot separately from everyone else. She's the little girl. Yeah. Eric McCormick's the guy from uh from She's in an episode of Black Mirror. Travelers is the name of that series. Travelers. Yeah, Travelers. It had four seasons, I think. No, three seasons, thirty four episodes. Actually really good. Travelers is really good. Um but yeah, Loki, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, oh yeah she was in Doctor Who years ago she was um, Martha's sister in Doctor oh, Who oh right okay is she English then yeah oh she plays Kang's girlfriend in Loki or at least she could be Kang's girlfriend they might be pointing towards that but yeah she's uh, she plays yeah Ravenna Renslayer yeah which is Kang's wife in oh. some of his previous lives or in some of his lives that's just the name they used 
No, it's not. It never is. All right, so it's been Crit Apocalypse episode 100. They just chuck stuff it's into It's Crit Apocalypse episode 165. I've been Matt. You've been at. You can find out at Mellow Gaming on YouTube. You can also find him at uh, Reacting. Yeah, uh, no, wait. Uh, Re- Reacting Center Yopper Ranger on YouTube. And oh, also, so I guess I'm done with and, Loki there, and am I? Bot Box. Am I done with Loki? Oh, are you done with Loki? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Loki some more? No, I'm done. You sure? Yeah, yeah, sure. You got anything else to say? Yeah. Who is your favourite Loki variant? Uh, everyone loves Alligator Loki. Yeah? I liked um, President Loki. Which one's President Loki? The one who gets his hand bit off by Alligator Oh, immediately, Loki. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's from the comics. He President is, Loki yeah, yeah he is, yeah. <laughs> and they even, because that was when they were starting drawing Loki like Tom Hiddleston in the comics, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which they've done a lot now. I like the, uh, their reason for that was, um, technically, he's born into the minds of anyone who praises him. So, technically, he's an American... He is an American. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What was your favourite episode of this series? Uh, Loki Palooza. The... The fourth, the one with all the Lokis. The one with all the Lokis. Yeah. Yeah, which is Loki Palooza, so I'm yeah. calling it. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, there's Easter eggs in that episode. Phanoscopter. Yeah, Phan- yeah <laughs> Phanoscopter. There's a Polybius Arcade machine. <laughs> Yeah, the hideout the Lokis are in is yeah. an Indy 500 track that got wiped out in a hurricane. It got completely obliterated and there was like nothing left. Yeah. Um, that's where they were hiding out. Um, the boat that appeared is the boat from the Philadelphia experiment. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of like... There's the head of a celestial. Yeah. There's also the head of a uh, yellow jacket. Is there? Yeah, there's a giant yellow jacket head in oh, there. Oh, God. Which so, one? Uh, the one from the film. Oh. Yeah. Not but, um, What's his face? Yeah, uh, the one you're thinking of. Yeah, guy. Lawrence Fishburne was leather. Le- Le- Lawrence Fishburne's no. character was Yellow Jacket in the comics. No, 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 no. Yellow Jacket from the first Ant Man film. Yeah, but that was. It's... <laughs> one second, I'll bring up a picture for you. Um, but yeah, so um, the Thanos copter, do you know where that comes from? From the comics. From the kids' comics, yeah. Yeah. Thanos has a helicopter. Yeah, and he gets arrested by the regular police. Yeah, there's a giant fuck off Yellow Jacket. Head. Yeah. Um, but they've hinted at that he might not have died anyway, haven't they? Because he got sucked into a void. Like, Yellow Jacket might have gone quantum. Like, might have gone deep, deep mm. down. That's, like, the whole idea, anyway. Um, or potentially... They're never going to bring him back. Well, in Quantum Mania, if they decide that they're going to bring different versions of him back, sometimes Yellow Jacket's um, Hank Pym. Because you, you've seen the costume where he's got the big shoulder things? Yeah. That's Yellow Jacket as well. In the comics, that yeah, he's been Hank Pym. After he beat his wife, he decided to try and rebrand himself. Because you've got to remember, in the comics, the Pym particles made him have incredible aggression. Yeah, it was the Pym particles' fault. Not him being an abuser. Yeah. Um, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that he abuses... <laughs> um, I still think... I still stand by Erica Grady as only the second worst human being to put on the Ant-Man suit. Erica Grady's the evil Ant Man, the one who's. No uh, one gives a shit about him. It's like people Grady. who care about Taskmaster. No, Erica Grady's actually fun. I, I said at a forum the other day that no one, no one, no regular people know or give a shit about Taskmaster. He's not a character that's mainstream. He's an off- obscure character that only the comic book nerds come by. And someone replies to me going, he was voted the 16th best villain in an IGM poll and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that sounds like something only the sort of loser who'd like Taskmaster would say. Only the sort of loser who reads IGN. That's something I would have said when I was a teenager. 
Like, you know, saying, I, oh, no, Psylocke in X-Men is like the sexiest Marvel character I've voted for in a poll. That's the sort of thing I would have said as a teenager to try and justify... That's the kind of thing I've heard you say recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing I'd say recently. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Isn't it like the topic of one of the quartering videos you watched the other yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um... <laughs> I did just read a comic with Taskmaster in it. Because <laughs> I'm reading The King in Black still. So I'm like almost at the end of that and there's a Thunderbolt storyline through that. Uh, but they hint, they hint that it's not even Tony Masters because like he's about to finish the mission. <clears throat> and Someone said I wouldn't have minded if her name was just Tony with an I Masters if she was called Tony Masters. And I'm still like Tony Masters is a fucking stupid name <laughs> for a character called Taskmaster. <laughs> he came up with his name by looking at T Masters on his bank card and went Taskmaster. <laughs> That's a shit name. Um, so in. <laughs> Your name should never sound too much like your superhero name. It's okay? not Spider Peter, is it? Yeah. Oh, we're using our fake names. I'm I'm Spider Man. <laughs> Just still one of the best jokes in all. It's so good. Oh, it's up there. The other line from um, Doctor Strange when it's like Mister Strange. Doctor. <laughs> no, it's it Doctor. Yeah. It's, no, he says Mister Doctor. No, Strange. <laughs> yeah. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Mister Strange. No, it's Doctor. Miss, Dr. Mr. Strange. Ah, <laughs> oh, I loved, um, I actually really loved the joke in For Ragnarok, where it's like, don't forget your umbrella. And he's like, oh, of course. <laughs> you just hear smashing in the background. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I, I stand by Dr. Strange still being a really fucking Dr. Strange solid is fun. Film. Yeah, yeah, really fun. Love the fact his cape breaks someone's neck. Yeah. And it's, uh, what's his name? Ray Park, isn't it? What played the cape? No, played the guy. No, Scott Atkins, isn't Scott it? Scott Atkins, there you, yeah. go. there you go, sorry. He's Ray actually Park's in a couple of films, I think. I'm think, pretty sure he plays dunce in another he film. He was also... Um, it's all about Guy. It's all about our boy Guy doing Black Panther stunts. I love Guy. No, uh, what was it that... I remember it was in that episode that they were talking about not long ago that he was in a Marvel thing. When is Gary Edwards going to be in a Marvel film? A Woking Zone, Gary Edwards. Yeah. Should we get Gary Edwards' interview for you? Yeah, I don't Would know. you like to do that? Is it Gary Edwards? Here's Gary Edwards. Yeah. Gary Watts-His-Face from... Fist and North Star. If he's still in Woking, I'll try and arrange an he's interview not in for Woking you. Anymore. He friggin', he's got Jackie Chan stunt team money. He's not Has really. he? Yeah, he was he was the first You're um, talking about West... Gary Daniels, aren't Gary Daniels, that's it I'm talking about, not Gary Edwards. <laughs> Gareth Edwards directed films. Yeah. Um Gary Monster. Daniels. Yeah, Gary he was Daniels. one of the he was the first Westerner on Jackie Chan's stunt team. That's pretty cool. Is he still mm. on it? No, because he doesn't have a stunt team anymore. Oh yeah. Anyway, so that's been the episode of Critter, uh, End of Critter Apocalypse, episode 165. So I've got to edit this bloody thing. Uh, you can find me. Oh, yeah, Gary Critter. Daniels was Brian Fury in the Tekken film, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, yeah. Wait, in Tekken 1 or 2? Because Tekken 2, I think it's Luke Tekken Goss. Tekken 1. Yeah, Luke Goss plays him in Tekken 2. Was it Tekken 2? Tekken 2 is. Either that or he plays another character. No, Luke Goss plays um, a different character entirely. Who not does he Brian play? Fury. He's some other guy, I can't remember. I didn't watch Tekken 2. I didn't watch Tekken 1. I did. No, I did as well. It's just kind of fun. Yeah, I liked Tekken 1. I um, I didn't like... They spent way too much on the budget trying to make a post-apocalyptic world when they could have just done a fighting tournament. And Yoshi Mitsu... Who got Steve Fox? Oh, that's who it was, the uh, punchy man. Yeah. Punchy boxy man. Um, all right, so yeah, that's been Career Apocalypse episode 165. If you find me everywhere as Career Apocalypse, you can find Ant as LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. And as I said before, Mellow Gaming, Ant's Bot Box, what was it? Is that it? Ant's bot collection. Ant's bot collection. I don't put anything on there. I <clears throat> post can... a video on there once every like five months or something. If you want that, once every five months, you'll get a video. 
Um, yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode. As always, uh, apparently, we aren't the only people that Boris that think Boris fucks, ki- fucks kids anymore, are we? Oh. No, because the Freedom Rally, oh. he's going to get all the kids vaccinated. And apparently people think that that means that Boris Johnson fucks kids. So we're no longer in the minority. That's how he drugs them. He's going to fuck them. Like in um, Happiness, when he puts the, the drugs Holy in the Holy shit. Talking about a weird thing. I saw a picture of Philip Seymour Hoffman in his dorm room and it was a complete mess. And yeah. I was so tempted to put a joke say, saying, after I've seen Happiness, I know how those posters are stuck on the wall. <laughs> just I was, I watched a film with, what's his face in it? Um, who's like, who plays that character? Fucking. Um, Which character? The one who was Kurt Connors in The Amazing Spider-Man as well. Oh, what, Rafe? Um, no, not Rafe Spider-Man, sorry. It's Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Uh, Dylan. Oh, guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy who was in Happiness who played the paedophile. Yeah, yeah. He is in um, that Netflix series about those Jew hunt, those the Nazi hunters, the Jew people that hunt Nazis. Inglorious Bastards. No, no, no. There's like a series that someone's, no. that's made like Hunters. He's in that and he plays an American guy and he's like, hi there, Timmy. You want a hot dog? I'll get you a hot dog. And he puts it in the bun and then someone comes along and he's like, me and my new girlfriend. Isn't she spiffy? She comes from over in Europe, don't you know? And she comes over and she goes, oh, Oh, and she recognises him as this German fucking, like, this monstrous German scientist. And he's yeah. like, he's like, you better get her under control there, bud. She's getting a little bit crazy. And she's, he's like, I don't know what's happening to her. She starts speaking in Polish and she's like freaking out and stuff. And he goes, he goes, hey now, hey, I'm an American, but, you know, free speech and all that. And then she's like, she's like, you Nazi. And he goes, why do you have to go and do that? And he goes over to the icebox and pulls out a nine millimeter with a silencer and just fucking kills everyone. And his kids are crying. And he goes, Pew! and he goes, fucking parasites. <laughs> like, I'm forced to fucking breed with these swines. <laughs> just like, I was like, whoa, it's a guy from happiness. <laughs> Who would have thought the guy from happiness would do that? Such a good series. Really good series. I, I think I reviewed it like ages ago, but I watched the first episode again because it's so fucking solid. Mm. Really, really good series. It's Why are you talking about that now? Just I'm sorry, I got distracted. Podcast. I got distracted. That's the end of the podcast. Everybody go free. Go on. Go have a good evening. Go play Sky I've with got to edit this room. fucking thing. Yeah, just auto. Oh, auto true. Bye. Welcome to the episode. Bye. Auto true. Bye, bye, everyone.